if they're witches, but you know that's implied. That the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. <laughs> Welcome to the Sea Hags podcast. My name is Chris Jeppa. And I am Katie Norgren. With us this week is good friend to the podcast and just all around cool dude, Mr. Kyle Carpenter. Hello. Hello. I was going to say one third of your delicious comedy tricycle. Yes. Which kind of makes it sound like tricycle a sex comedy. Thing. It does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out, like, what kind of branding should we have? I'm like, no, everything I think of is somehow inappropriately sexual. I think just because it's comedy, you can just twist anything. So tricycle seems perfectly innocent enough. Yes. And it's. But if you think about it too much, then you're like, is that a weird... As long as you don't call the comedy Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh, God. The wobbly H. <laughs> as it were. Anyway, yeah, that's, no a, thanks. that's a great way to start it off by just inappropriately sexualizing our guest. Hello. Yes, hello. Hey. Oh, that's okay. It doesn't happen that often, so it's, it's welcome. It's a oh, straight bear. Uh, yep. Self-identified. Self-identified straight bear. Pretty good look, though. A lot oh. of people looking for that these days. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's working out for me later in life. Yes. Well, it would have been really weird if you looked like this at 14. <sighs> it was weird, yeah. <laughs> Did you have a full beard at 14? No, I didn't, but, you know. You, you could tell. Well, I didn't know, but, you know, when you, when you grow up thick, it kind of doesn't go away. <laughs> so... I know a thing or two about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, what, what words have we used to describe ourselves on this? A thicker milkshake, I think, yeah. is the one that you coined, which I love. I didn't coin it. I stole it from Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I steal everything from Pete Holmes. Absolutely. This is well established on this podcast. I'm shameless. It's fine. I'm not a comic, never know. so I'll just... He'll I, never know. I just yeah. read bits forever. I do, I do like thick, though, because I used to... Like, I used to just think fat. Like, right. I was a fat kid, and that that's what you learn. But then later on, I was like, no, I'm more thick than fat. It's very sturdy. I'm a, I'm a sturdy fella. Yeah, yeah. Can't knock these boys over with a pail of water. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I come from farm stock. Oh, yeah, me too. That's, me a, too. that's what I always like to tell. Yeah, you're, you're like a, you have turnips and <laughs> all kinds of things. and Mostly root vegetables. Mostly yeah. root vegetables. I always think like, well, you know, if the horse died, I could pull the plow probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. my family originally settled in Camsack, Saskatchewan. In a sod house, stayed one winter, said, fuck that, <laughs> headed west. Like, yeah. we left Sweden for this. Yeah, smart. Go to more temperate climes. Yeah, and they left for Hope. Ooh. And that's where they, yeah. Inappropriately <laughs> named. Yeah, Hope, Merit. <laughs> I never, <laughs> never thought of thought Merit. Of yeah. oh, these are just all these little beacons of uh, oxymoronic towns in British yeah. Columbia. I always love when I drive on the highway to once you get past Hope, it's like, oh, we're beyond Hope now. <laughs> I have to say it every single time. I don't think I've ever yeah. actually said that, and I'm really ashamed of myself for not yeah. catching the obvious pun. You can have it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because then you just get into like, well, I guess you're already going through like weird Christian wasteland before you get to Hope. Yeah, but... I like the I like counting all the tunnels that you have to go through when you're going up the Coquihalla or whatever. What the fuck? I don't even know what highway it is, but I know there's China Bar is the longest one. I remember from trying to hold my breath through it as a child. Yep. I still do that as an adult. Sometimes when I'm driving, I'm like, this is a bad idea, but I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) I I killed us all. That was my wish, though, so it's okay. Is that because of uh, (laughs) Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation? It is very much reinforced by Tiny okay. Toons, how I spent my summer vacation. I'm very excited that you just made that reference. What because is that? It's a, a very important childhood movie to me. Me and Jasta uh, are really obsessed with it still. She wants 
made an audio recording of the entire film on a cassette tape so that she could listen to it as she went to sleep. Aw, bless. It's very cute. Uh, (laughs) And uh, that's the Happy World Land song will just come to me. Oh, my God. Just randomly. Happy World Land. Happy World Land. Where the fun never stops at only 80 bucks a pop. (laughs) It's supposed to be Disneyland. You yeah. get it. I totally got it. Yeah, you totally got it. <laughs> it's bit, that movie is pretty much just uh, like a National Lampoon film done in Warner With Tiny Brothers. Yeah. Oh, cute. That's true. It's yeah. basically just the Griswolds, but animated. Yeah. And anthropomorphized. And they make furries horny. Oh, yeah. That's tough to... You know, because I grew up with all the cartoons. Yeah. But... When you know, I, I didn't do that, you know, like I <laughs> sexualize them inappropriately no. as we've started doing with everything on this podcast, you know, like other than than Robin Hood. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to sexualize Robin. It's necessary. Yeah. But but not no, like a, a, it was never my thing. It was just like, well, Ooh, that's a obvious. handsome fox. It's that yeah. obvious that, that, that those foxes are pretty good looking. Yeah. yeah. I like when that bear wears the fortune teller's outfit. Aww. Pretty into that. <laughs> I like a thick chick, you know? Yeah. So. I like that from Lindy West's book. It's like, I only had so many role models of, like, fat ladies. And, like, one yep. of them was, like, a fat bear in she, drag. She <laughs> called him Blue the Bear. It's like, I know his name isn't Blue. It's Little John. But he's basically the same model from... Yeah. <laughs> it's Blue, Blue, for sure. It's totally just Blue. It's yeah. the same actor that played yeah. both roles, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only uh, four voice actors at that time. No, no, no. I was saying, like, as in, as if the bear was the actor. Oh, yes. The and bear, so the bear the... that played Baloo was, like... Yeah, the... no, that is how it works. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. His name is, like, Jim something or other. Jim and bear. He's, he, stars in, <laughs> he stars in all of the films. Bear Grylls. I think, <laughs> I think what we're trying to say is you can try to convince us that his name is Little John until you're Baloo in the face. Oh, no! <laughs> Oh my god! With a dad lo- with a dad joke like that, you should probably make your girlfriend take a pregnancy test. Because mm. <laughs> like, oh, that hmm, no. that was a real dad joke right there. No, she she has to live with me, so that's. <laughs> oh man! So what have we been up to? When's the last time we recorded? Chris? We recorded a week ago. Really? Um, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, but we've sort of been out of town on various and just like we've barely in. spoken in a week, which is yeah. So and so I of. went to a Gulf Island to stay there for a whole week and didn't check the internet really at all, except I did have to use up my last remaining data to text Katie from when we were staying at or like we were eating at this one restaurant on the island. I was like, <laughs> the band here is horrible and there's people that I hate and like there was some I just couldn't resist. Oh. I had to reach out to my salty pal. Yeah, I always your salty pal. I was wondering what exactly you said and I think. It went a little something like this. Oh no! <laughs> no, it was so funny because you were just the things that you mocked them for were so mockable. Uh, the table no, with the is, lady I re- hate. This is revealing my mean side. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's so funny. It's like you just hated that they, the people that you hated, started singing at some point, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, this is the worst choir I've ever heard." <laughs> Because we're there was live music inside the restaurant, and then mm. everyone at the table next to us were all like, oh, "Let's all sing along!" And they sang in like yeah. five part harmony, which was lovely, except for the one person who was very out of tune. And because I'm a snobby douchebag when it comes to music, I was like, "Oh, at least I could sing in tune." Oh. But I would have mocked them for being perfect as well. Eventually, it was just like I'm trying to eat my pasta. I don't need a choir. Was it a creamy pasta? Sure. Great. I'm so glad. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, 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 they ended up justifying your hatred of them. Like, you must have just sensed that they were horrible because you said they made Down syndrome jokes at some point. 
Uh, yeah, I don't even recall. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think at that point you might have really started to enjoy yourself and then just texted me about the stuff that was still annoying. That was when so. I just started. Yeah, but I did have two martinis. It's so <laughs> possible. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, well, they deserve every every piece of hatred that you feel for them. So. But it's like, it's so passive aggressive because I was just like sitting there just being like, Ugh. I just liked it. I was very, I was <laughs> bored that night. I was like, yes. And the thing about my partner is he makes me a better person. He like really doesn't like it when I start to like bitch or gripe or snark about people. He's like, come on, that's just negative. Like they're just doing their own thing. Like yep. you wouldn't want people thinking that way about you. It's like, that's absolutely true. Yep. And I really try to like curb that part of myself. But sometimes you just gotta. And that's why I have friends like Katie. <laughs> Friends like me, yeah. You've got a dumping ground. Well, you just you gotta you gotta diversify your friend group so that you have somebody that you can snark with. I'm a good I'm a good that... one to have in the old friend portfolio. Yeah, I think. exactly. <laughs> Many returns on your investments. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of shitty things to say. I just like I held. I had to find other outlets for complaining. Yeah, because I wasn't week. I wasn't around on the internet all week. I made so many posts and then just deleted them. <laughs> I was like, this is fine. Yeah. I'm coping. <laughs> I'm not codependent. I'm so codependent on you. That's fine. I love you. I, <laughs> I miss you. you. I miss you too. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I got so, to go on a Gulf Island yeah. and uh, sleep in a tent, which was beautiful, like, like on a windy hillside. So mm. it was like beautifully ventilated. Um, I don't know. That was just a big thing for me because I came back into the city last night. And it was so goddamn hot and sticky and everyone was so aggro about like parking in my neighborhood. And there was just like, why am I back? Uh, but, uh, just hung out with, with my partner's family and lots of little kids. And we ran around and swam all the time and played on the beach and cooked delicious food. And we swam in phosphorescence. Ooh. Yeah, that was really nice. beautiful. Very yeah, the very water. the very last night that we were there, we like every night we check, we like throw stuff into the water to see if any like bioluminescence will pop up. And it happened on the very last night. So then we all went swimming. Oh, and you get to see all the like glitter around your hands oh, as you swim. So cool. I did that as a so child beautiful. and it's never happened since, but I still remember it. It's only when the conditions are absolutely perfect, when the water's just warm enough and it's been warm yeah. all day and a certain kind of algae will bloom. In summertime, it was probably I would have been like eight or nine, and I used to go on like short boat trips with my next door neighbors because they had a yacht, don't you know? And uh, so you are very fancy people who take boats places, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So they took me with them, and it was really cool. And one night they woke us up at like eleven thirty or something, and uh, we'd been dead asleep. They're like, "Come on out, like come out. We have to like go in the water because there mm-hmm. was there was bio because we're we're moored fairly close to shore, but they so it was like all warm and it was just like around the boat and we got yeah. to like just put life jackets on and jump in right off the boat and swim around. It was really really cool. So I'm glad you got a chance to do yeah. that. That's my so my first very like awesome experience with uh, phosphorescence was actually not very whatever it wasn't like magical it was like we were just staying at a friend's houseboat and you flush the toilet by pumping seawater in and I'm like the, the toilet's sparkly it's, it's like a beautiful dream yeah is there ectoplasm in the water I'm afraid of a toilet ghost but yeah it was lovely like Katie I don't know if you would have liked this particular camping experience like we had a little it's cabin. a camping experience I'm gonna go with no oh, okay fair enough we had a cabin but we slept in a tent but there's no running water and no nope. Plumbing or anything Mm-mm. like that, but there was a gravity shower, so I did get to take a nice shower once. Uh, just pour some hot water in a bucket and then mm. just like let it dump out onto you while someone else like keeps refilling the bucket above. 
I don't know. It was it's pretty nice. Very rustic. I'd like showering in the nude on like the side of the beach. Like it was lovely. Oh, so. that would have been kind of cool. But you the know? whole like no flushing toilets. It's just there's shitty. like a outhouse like away from everything. There's always a goddamn giant spider that comes out to greet. There me. certainly yeah. was. Yeah, uh. everyone was. There was one giant spider that the kids were like chasing the whole week basically because it was either in the cabin or in the toilet. Ah, Stephen. Is <laughs> <laughs> that spider's name? I just decided. Uh. I don't know. Um, but it was so nice to, to actually, I haven't had a full vacation for a really long time, which is why I'm very, I was so excited about it. I'm really happy for you that you mm-hmm. got to unplug. I was like, could I do that? I was like, no, I don't think I could be without internet for a whole week. I still would like, we go to the coffee shop. Cause like Gabriel Island yeah. is not like a remote, whatever. Like we would go to the suit, like the grocery store every day yeah. and get new ice and new supplies. And there's the liquor store right there. And there was a coffee shop with Wi-Fi that you could jump onto. Right. But I tried to like stay as unplugged as I could, you know, and just try to hang out with the kids and play board games. And I read like three historical fiction novels. Nice. And nice. this is all like, I haven't had Ooh. paid vacation time for five years or something like that so this is i could finally take like a full week off so and still get paid i feel good i feel healthy and tan and salty and it's good so anyway but the good kind of salty like ocean salty yeah yeah that kind yeah well the literal type ah salty snarky is always there are you (laughs) you said you were feeling a little bit of vacation hangover maybe a little bit just like there's the I was worried about leaving work and then coming back to like, oh, I have mountains of paperwork to go through and like all this stuff. But I just had to trust that like my coworkers would take care of things. And so I'm just hoping that on Monday when I go back, it'll be fine. It's not just like a smoking crater. I'm sure it's totally fine. Everyone is- Somehow it caught fire, but nothing else was harmed. (laughs) Everybody's very competent. And that's my own shit where it's like, I'm the one that knows everything. So if I leave, it'll all fall apart. It's like, no, you're not that special. (laughs) <laughs> you can leave. You can go away for a week, and it'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I'm, I know I'm not that special at my job, but I think everybody's going to be leaving me for to to hold down the fort myself for the mm-hmm. first two weeks of September, which I'm a little bit concerned about. Oh no. Oh well. It'll be good. What else am I going to do? Just show up and do it. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah. Yeah. Vacations can kind of. It's sometimes it's just harder to come back from them. I think that's how I felt after Portland. Yeah. Yeah. And you were saying that after Portland, you were just kind of feeling down because it's like. You kind of come back into your life where it's like, oh, why does my life feel like I need to have a vacation from it? Yes. You know, like I should be living my life as if every day is wonderful and I shouldn't need a vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's, you know, what you're supposed Every meme on the internet, like on Facebook, tells me like, live, live your- life, love, live, laugh, love. I've got my mug that has live, laugh, love on it crossed out. Oh, I did not even see that. <laughs> that is appropriate. <laughs> what does it say on the other side? Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. <laughs> it is a Jen Kirkman mug. Oh my Perfect. God. Yeah. Do you have anything that you own that didn't come from a podcast, out of curiosity? Yeah, lots of things. You don't have a Casper mattress yet. Uh, That is coming next. (laughs) What? My MeUndies are coming soon. (laughs) We're so influenced by advertising, so take heed. Do you actually got a Casper mattress? I'm going to get a Lisa mattress. Okay, that's pretty fucking close, though. Yeah. I did did get the MeUndies. Yeah. They're great. Okay, good. Good, because mine are still coming. Like I don't know underwears. I don't know. I haven't I th- met a pair I like in a long time. Good underwear is important. It will like, change your mood. Yeah. yeah. Are we doing an ad right now? <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, if they want to. <laughs> oh yeah, it doesn't have to be me undies, but you know when you've got your good underwear on. Yeah. You know, yep. like if if my fingernails are trimmed and I'm wearing good underwear, like I know I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> That's a basic checklist for a lesbian date as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to 
Hey yo. <laughs> I feel like that's where your face that's was going. Exactly so what I was, I was like, thinking. Here yeah. we go. My fingernails are turned. I'm wearing my good underpants. Like we're doing it tonight. Oh, all right. To my window. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You never sing enough to have to pay royalties. Not that yeah. you ever would, <laughs> unless yeah. Melissa Etheridge is a secret fan. I would love that. that Come on the podcast, crazy. Melissa. Come to our window mm-hmm. and climb through, and then sit down like a normal person. <laughs> she cracked the best joke in her WTF interview. She did WTF. She did, yeah. Oh my god, I have to get that. Check it out. Yeah. But um, she made a joke. uh, Mark Maron asked her about uh, how many kids she has and if, you know, it was just... I forget it, because she's got a couple kids, but she she cracked a joke about, like, none that I know of. (laughs) Like... Uh, yeah, I don't know how I've I get, stepped no, all over this. No, no, I get it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, take Marin, a maternity test. Yeah, <laughs> they don't make those. No, but Marin just like kind of didn't notice, and he walked past. Him, uh, which was too bad. It was a good interview, but like, great line, great line, Melissa Etheridge. That's some like yeah. that's some gay swag right there. Yeah. Pretty much, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's her thing too. Like she's she's the rock and roll dude. Yeah, but but a lady. Hey, all right. I love it. Yeah, she's uh, she's cool, cool, cool lady, cool lady. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> Etheridge. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, just like not to get too back to like dark or sad or whatever, but no, it's please. just like coming back from vacation. You and I were talking about this. Like, you come back and you're just like, oh, like all my life stuff, and it's like, is my life so terrible that I have to take a vacation from it? And it's like, no, it isn't. And you go through the inventory and you see, like, all the stuff that I love doing is still here, mm-hmm. but it's, like, I just also have to do the chores and the daily maintenance and, like, all those things. So when you're on vacation, you don't have to, like, do your own laundry necessarily mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Nece- mm-hmm. like, always cook for yourself or do those, like, boring routine maintenance self-care things because yeah. you're just on vacation. And so then, of course, by comparison, because you've, like, gone to summer camp and then you get to come home and, like, have to do paperwork. Oh, right. <laughs> but it's, like, I, I like to think that I'm living a life that... I don't need to take a vacation from it. It's just really nice to yeah. most of the time. I think taking a vacation just let my mind quiet down enough to realize all of the stuff that I hadn't been dealing with in my life. Ah. And mm. then by the time I got back, I was like, oh, it's worse. Because I hadn't, like, I, I just, I was like, oh, I'm stressed. And just taking a break will help me relax. And mm-hmm. then I took a break. And it was enough of a break for my brain to go, hey, how about this stuff that's been bothering you for a long time, but you've been, like, squishing down with your trash compactor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well now, and I'm now dealing with all this stuff and it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. personal feelings. Yeah. I guess like doing your day to day, like living life routine, you can just like distract yourself constantly by oh, yeah. being like, and I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Well, and you were saying, I think on the last one with uh, Fatima, you were saying like you distract yourself with good things. Like, yep. oh, I clean the house and yep. I do the laundry and I do the chores. Yeah. And that's like another way of avoiding necessarily dealing with whatever yes, issues. It is. Productive procrastination. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I could fucking be the world champion of yeah. that. I think. Oh God! This <laughs> is bringing back some Example. memories of like school, or because I know that memories. Whenever, whenever I had like is this dissertation problems. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I had any kind of school assignment done or due, like I would bake cookies. I had the cleanest house. Like all my eat out of your in order. sink easily. It's yeah. just shining. Yeah. What's going on with you? You're just kind of in a. Oh, Ac- yeah. Academic circle of hell at the moment? Or? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm writing my dissertation, uh, and I hate everything about it. <laughs> and, and um, 
you know when you're in when you're in that world you're also being fed constantly like there are no jobs there's no hope for you there's no i know isn't that horrible uh, yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah yeah oh my god that is um, well observed chris <laughs> but <laughs> the funny thing is like it's true mm-hmm. but everybody labors under that sort of special snowflake like delusion. maybe not me though yeah maybe yeah not me. I'll be the one who it works out for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've hit that point where I'm realizing, like, no, I'm not going to be the exception. I am very much the rule. Uh, Yikes. So my motivation is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> yeah. It hasn't been that high for a while. <laughs> so it's it's getting bad. Um, Actually, I've... <laughs> This is a fun story, <laughs> sort of. It's okay. This is we'll talk about how we cope with this. Shit. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, Get into it. I, uh, I was going to go to a conference this past summer. I applied for it the year before, but I've gotten to a point where going to conferences and presenting my work is gives me such anxiety. Oh, the air quotes around my work was yeah. just very, yeah. <laughs> very real. Oof. Anyway, um, I hadn't scheduled anything i hadn't booked the hotel i hadn't done all that stuff or the flights so it was in colorado springs and then like uh a month and a half beforehand i was like fine fuck it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take care of this i'll go to this conference even though i don't want to Mm -hmm. i booked everything um and then i just put it away forgot about it and uh the week before the conference i was like i haven't gotten any emails about my flight I should check, look into this. And uh, I hadn't gotten any emails whatsoever, no confirmations, whatever. But I figured out where I ordered the flight from Mm -hmm. and contacted them. And I did have the flight, so that had happened. But I'd mistakenly booked my return flight for the Saturday, not the Sunday. Okay. And it just so happened that the return flight would have been exactly at the moment I was supposed to be presenting. Oh, Oh, shit. And I was like, okay, so I'll try to rebook this. How much would it cost? And the original flight round trip was $300. Mm-hmm. Um, to rebook the return flight would have cost, in total, another $500. Oh, oh. That's so horrible. <laughs> so I freak out, and I write my supervisor, who's also going to this conference, let them know, look, this has happened. I know it's... Can it's... they change your time that you present or something like that? No, or... I was just going to bail. Okay. But I wanted to let them know. Um, and uh, apologized. And, you know, I, I can't believe I was this unprofessional. But I'm sorry. This is the way it is. I can't go. So I leave that. And uh, just felt like garbage dirt for... Hot garbage juice. Oh, my God. For, for a good two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then... I got an email from my supervisor just saying, Hey, buddy, uh, missed you at the conference. What's what? going on? What? And then I went and looked, and I hadn't hit send no, on the email. The... <laughs> my heart hurts for you. So. So. Oh, God, that feels so horrible. It was bad. So, grad school. <laughs> That's a metaphor for grad school, basically. Yeah, and, like, I... My studies are actually in, like, psychoanalysis, 
So I have to read that as meaningful, <laughs> you know, like that <laughs> on some level, that was an intense process of self-sabotage. Uh-huh. Um, it was layers of it. Wow. Yeah. An um, onion of self-sabotage. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so that's been me kind of grappling with that. Like, okay, clearly I feel terrible mm-hmm. about all of this. Uh, I need to start making some new decisions about my life. Mm-hmm. So... Right now, the plan is to finish the dissertation uh, just as much as possible, uh, be Dr. Kyle, and then never teach ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like grad supervisors need to have, like, extra training in, like... Crisis management? Crisis management and, like, emotional support for their students and, like, helping set up plans more. Like, I would have really appreciated my supervisor doing that for me and, like, when I was doing my master's. Yeah. She was very, like, I believe in you, you're very competent, like, and she did help with some, like, you know, here's some timelines and I'd like to check in at least once a month kind of thing, but it's, like, it would have been nice to have more of, like, a plan of, like, here's your mental health, blah, 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 or, like, more check-ins or more, like, even... Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's like you also don't want to seem like, you know, these are your adult students, they should be taking care of this themselves, but I feel like the way that academia is structured, like... It's very different from how you would normally conduct yourself in a yeah in a job. Like, I always prided myself on, like, oh, I'm at least going to get through this and finish because it'll show that I can, like, stick to a project and get it done on a mm. deadline. But, like, the way that the structure is imposed, it feels like weird artificial deadlines that never happen in, like, actual work. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think they give you too much time to do stuff. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a problem. So, like, I, I always fared better with shorter assignments that had, like, a quicker turnover. Right. You know, but these long, drawn-out yeah. things where it's, like, there should, you know. So I asked my supervisor, like, can I set myself deadlines that you will then check in with me on? And she was like, okay. So I was, like, kind of proactive in that. Like, I'll have, you know, this stuff, like, the outline done by this time and then this done by this time and this done by this time. Right. Trying to, I don't know. Because it's so hard for me or else I'll just leave it all to the yeah, last minute. Yeah, you have to inject like, the real artificial discipline there. Because yeah. otherwise just kind of, like, doing it all the last day. <laughs> just do yeah. a last day of dissertation. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's that formless schedule coupled mm-hmm. with that bizarre demand that it be... Uh, perfect. Yes, and like, like the most brilliant thing that was ever published right. in this subject. Like, yeah, like you, yeah, you need to clear your space in all of the published literature, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know, I don't. Yeah, I just want to write a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was a huge relief when my super because I wanted to do for my we did not a thesis but a capstone project. I did a public health degree, so it was right. more like whatever. So I wanted to run like a workshop and like develop this thing. And she's like, ah, like it can't be that esoteric. It still has to be a paper. I was like, ah, my whole program had been really like creative. Like you can do a presentation or you can do like an art piece. Like they were cool. But then for the last assignment, it was like write an academic paper again. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. So eventually when she said like, cause I was planning all these different things and she's like, you know, you can just do a literature review and that's okay. And I had to struggle with that because I'm like, but I want mine to be original. I want it to be brilliant. I want it to be amazing on this one topic because I wanted to inject my own sort of, you know, spin on all this research and stuff. And she was like, now's not the time. Maybe you could save that for a PhD if you wanted to. But even that puts a lot of pressure on like the PhD then to be brilliant. But she was like, you can just do a lit review. And so I did a 60 page paper still, which like, that's huge. It's pretty big. That's basically a master's thesis. You know? And it, but it was just like rounding up a whole bunch of shit, but it was relieving to like, not have to be like super original or brilliant because it was just, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, the that was a thing. rant. I had some feelings about yeah, that. No, apparently. it's great. I, I get it. <laughs> Unload my um, and and my point is um, not my point, but uh, one thing that occurs to me. Mm-hmm. In some ways, the support you get almost makes it worse, mm-hmm. um, because you have this very supportive, uh, you know, supervisors or committees or what have you, and it kind of increases the demand that you be excellent or that you're you work towards this very small spate mm-hmm. of opportunities this nebulous idea of excellence yeah exactly super ill-defined your, your supervisors and your committee it's like oh if you just do this then you could be published this could be amazing we'll get you into this thing or mm-hmm. you should apply for this conference or journal or whatever like and they're telling you what to do in this academic sphere because mm-hmm. they've been doing it for 20 years or whatever exactly and then yeah. There's not as much space as there was maybe when they were doing it, or things have changed a little bit, or yeah. the way that you work is different than yeah. how they want you to work. I saw uh, an Olympics ah. themed thing that uh, that seemed to really be like the, the difference between when say a, when a, someone who's a supervisor now when they would have done their graduate degrees like in the late seventies, eighties, whenever. Like I don't know how old most of the professors are in your programs, but ours are like roughly between forty five and sixty five. So right. So that sounds about right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, but what I saw was like comparing the difference between Olympic gymnastics in the fifties and sixties to today. And it's like, what did you need to do to get gold medal? It's like some just real fancy walking around and like <laughs> maybe one cartwheel or whatever. Like, ooh, amazing, you get a gold back in like nineteen fifty five or something like that. Uh-huh. And now you have Simone Biles doing something that is just like absolutely like nobody attempts it, her flips because they're worried they'll all break their necks and she just does it exactly because yeah. she's just like a four foot nine dynamo who can do these things mm-hmm. and is like been training her whole life for it and can do like a million flips with one like piece of motion and it's mm-hmm. just so it's and what the the caption was of course was like what what boomers had to deal with and then what millennials are having to deal with <laughs> in order to get like a decent job these days or something like yeah. that so it's pretty simplistic but it's also very illustrative of mm-hmm. The expectations versus yeah, the expectations are super high, and the conditions have changed. So, like to be able to achieve those things is incredibly difficult now. Yeah, you do it twice as hard for half as much. You know, like it sucks. And and in academia, even the most well-meaning people, like um, implicitly, if you get even a teaching job that is not a tenure-track research position, you know, you've sort of failed. Mm. Like. And I don't think anyone would say that, but that's still kind of the the expectation, the mm-hmm. demand that's in the ether. So there's yeah. like a hierarchy of like these are the best jobs. This is what you should be striving to, and yeah. anything less is just settling or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know that's because you didn't publish quite enough, Ugh. and it's uh, and again nobody's saying that. I work with wonderful, caring people, but it's it's very much uh, the I culture. Think, yeah, systemically part of it. So. Yeah, I've been engaging in the long process of divorcing my self-esteem from grades, mm-hmm. you know, like that. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. Can you, is that legal? Um, I don't know yet. I haven't gotten a ticket, but I'm worried I'm going to go it. to fucking jail. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think if you stick in school, it's because you like people telling you you're smart. Mm. You oh. Know? Shut up. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) This is too, it's too much of being, the knife is twisting. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do a real process, both finishing my undergrad because I dropped out constantly, twice, but like, you know, it felt like, felt like constantly. Um, And then 
deciding to go into grad school like after a long break and it's like I'm gonna try this different I'm gonna do more of a professional degree it's gonna be sort like it'll lead me into more of a practical career path but still getting like bogged down into the academic stuff again Mm -hmm. and having again to extract myself to be like this doesn't mean anything I just need to finish and like mine the pieces of gold that are coming out of like my experience being here and so it's not even necessarily what I'm gonna learn in the classes even but, you know, what do I get to experience yeah. and what are the connections that I make with people and how will this then, you know, launch me to the next phase of whatever I want to do mm-hmm, <laughs> in my yeah. life. And it's now only like it's been two years since I've graduated and I'm just starting to realize what those were. I was like feeling so bitter about like going to school and why did I do it? Why did I spend so much money? And right. now I'm just like, oh, yeah, reflecting back. <laughs> yeah. This was really important. This was super valuable. This yeah. changed my life. This like, yeah. so I don't know, to put a little bit of hope in your. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very comforting. Cause I was going to say like, yeah, I want to tell you guys something really gross and embarrassing. Uh, and that is that part of my job as an academic advisor is I can just generate anyone's academic transcripts. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes if I'm having a bad day, I'll generate my own and look at it. And look at count the A's. Oh yeah. And be like, Ooh. I'm good. <laughs> I am so very good. I am a good person. I've done well. This is Ooh. like, yeah, undergrad grades that yeah. I did as like an adult, and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing, like again in grad school, was when I like got a B on something, and a friend of mine that was like. I love her, love her to pieces, Brie. I think you probably listened to this. I love you. You're such an overachiever. <laughs> She'd be like, what? And like a B is like failing. And I'm like, yeah. ah! <laughs> then like suddenly nothing mattered. All of a sudden I was like, well, if A, if the only thing you have to get is A and that is good, then I guess nothing means anything. And I got very nihilistic oh. and oh. just kind of went with it. And it actually made me feel better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there was someone no... leading by a poor example can well, there was, put you into but the there right was way. no there was no range for me yeah. anymore to like you can not achieve or achieve. There's only do or do not. Right. There's no try. <laughs> Shut up. Well, that's funny. I'm I'm super down on my PhD, uh-huh. but I'm, like I really believe in in higher education mm-hmm. and like undergraduate degrees, and I think and liberal arts degrees too. Mm-hmm. Um, anything honestly yeah it's it's awesome knowledge yeah and it's awesome to expand your horizons Mm -hmm. you know like going into or like delve really really deep into a subject so I think that's the fun treat that you can do for yourself in a PhD is like you know undergrad you start you like get a vid like general foundation for stuff Mm -hmm. masters you might like narrow it down a bit and then PhD you can be like here's a one specific question Mm -hmm. that I've been really wanting to look into forever and yeah you can like pick away at that and it's really great for people that have that like yeah it's true obsessive kind of detective work kind of mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> something but, about grad school i do find really oh sorry kyle you're gonna say something yeah. i keep interrupting you too no it's no problem <laughs> but i think going back to your point about sort of all, all of a sudden it all became quite meaningless like mm-hmm. the the system of of judgment that's always my advice to undergrads is like you guys are giving the wrong shits Mm-hmm. Like when when, yes. they, when they come to like your office and they're like I I just need to get like at least a B plus on this I just need that grade I'm like uh, stop caring about your grade 
and you'll start to do better mm-hmm. actually like and start to think about like what am i trying to communicate with this piece of writing or yeah. who's my audience or what yeah. do or i want to learn what what int- what can interest me and in mm-hmm. what's happening here mm-hmm. you know and like, like learning how to learn and think critically and all that kind of stuff yeah, is like yeah. super important will serve you the rest of your life definitely but yeah the ones who ask about the grades are the ones who are probably going to top out at a you know lower than their capabilities mm. Or just drop out entirely. That yeah. happens a lot. There's a huge, huge dropout rate. I, I know what it is. I can't say what it is because it's <laughs> confidential. Yeah. But, but right. it's like, but people who drop out after the first year, it's it's enormous. It's, mm-hmm. it's how I'm sure most universities make their money is like people just not following through and paying a lot for survey courses, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I 100% don't regret my bachelor's degree that I got. I, I found it incredibly useful. And even though people like it's it's a it's a very insultable major that I had. Like, I, I totally get why people are like, about a gender studies, women's studies degree. I get it, but I loved it. And it was incredible, yeah. and it was great for networking. I met a lot of really cool people, and I learned a lot, like, of what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a call last week about the tra- Harassment on TransLink project. Again, like, CBC called me. Oh. oh. What was his name? Like, by, like he had, like, a really cool name, like, Byron Bex or something like that. It was like a like a, a Max Power kind of name, you know. Nice. I don't remember what it was because he was calling from Toronto, but he like asked me a bunch of questions about like, do you think it's okay that the TTC only saves like bus uh, surveillance footage for fifteen hours? I was like, no, that's not enough time. Like, it takes people a long time sometimes to deal with trauma and come forward if they're going to come forward at all. And he's like, oh, how long do you think they would need? I was like, I am not an expert. <laughs> Who got the idea that I was an expert? I have a bachelor's degree in this. Yeah, and you just did a publicized project so therefore you're like yeah, contactable. If you, if you google like transit harassment my name it comes up on the first page of yeah. google like that's so <laughs> that is my legacy <laughs> and that's a little alarming mm-hmm. um but I, what one thing i was really thinking about just now when you guys were talking about grad school is that i, I have i've worked previously as a grad program advisor like uh for a really short period of time i covered someone's academic leave mm-hmm. and um I noticed a thing, and I'm still like close with all the grad students, but one thing I noticed was that only two people seemed to be uh, chill about their mm-hmm. their thesis. Like, there's only two people that seemed to come through in a sort of normal amount of time without being stressed out about it and just very confident about what they delivered and then had a you know paper with no revisions or with very limited revisions. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a senior student who was 79 years old, and it was, like, <laughs> her sixth master's degree. Oh, wow. And she was just doing it because she loved it. She's super passionate about it. Just cool. loved loved her topic and like I sat in and heard at her thesis defense and she did a great job and there was another one who was just the most driven person I've literally ever met in my entire life and she just like didn't seem to get stressed out about something she's like well this has to be done I'm gonna need about a thousand post-it notes and I'm gonna set up a big board for my mm-hmm. research that looks like a murder board in like a NBC docudrama or something I do really love writing that way yeah with, the, <laughs> with like the red strings connecting everything together <laughs> and it, she just she finished totally within the time frame that's suggested mm-hmm. and not enforced at all. I was just like, okay, and now I'm going to like uh, plan my wedding and I'm going to go do my PhD at Concordia or whatever. <sighs> She's like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> She's just like totally, She's like a pod- utterly confident that yeah. I was like, are you a secret sociopath? Like, cause I, I just like, she's so lovely and so like, like good all the time. And I was yeah. just like, what is your secret? Like, are you, she can just execute a Russian spy bot or something. Like yeah. I don't, it's so, 
someone who's like, I'm going to do this thing and then does it and never shows any sign of struggling with it at all. I don't understand. I I would be curious to interview her and be like, what was actually going on underneath? Like, are you just better at hiding that stuff or do you just have ways that you can do that without freaking out? (laughs) Like when I would set myself manageable goals, Mm -hmm. I wasn't stressed out. I would like set myself a weekly thing. But as soon as I slipped behind on those and had more things piling up, then suddenly I'd be like, more things are piling up. And then I would freeze and then I wouldn't do anything. (laughs) And then more stuff would pile up and then I would feel super guilty about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it would like, and then I would just, you you know, to my supervisor, I would just vanish on her as well. And she'd be like, where are you? You didn't even come (laughs) to our meeting. And it's like. I can't, yeah, I was like frozen. It's like okay, let's start by like putting some manageable goals back in place. So I think people can people can sustain that. Yeah. I just yeah. haven't found the trick yeah. to. Some people are just breakdown resistant, and I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably from the outside, if you don't know me, I look like I kind of can do that. But mm-hmm. like people who know me really well know I'm always like <laughs> immediately behind the scenes. You get a lot of that. Yeah. You you've started to see some of that, I think maybe. But uh... no comment. <laughs> You're not going to sell me down the river. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think what I was, what made me think of that was just thinking about how we had a uh, past guest and uh, the third member of Tricycle Comedy, Justin O'Hearn, mm-hmm. talk about his PhD work on the show. He doesn't really ever seem to be that upset about his dissertation. Like, he seems to just kind of... Right. But I don't know him as well as you do, so... Um, you don't have to, you know, sell him out or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a different relationship to it, I think. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not an existential problem for him. Yes. Uh, which, it's just work. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I really coupled all of my sense of identity to this to this oh, thing for a lot rub. of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which has made it, which has made me an effective at it. Yeah. I think, like, because it's it's a source of anxiety mm-hmm. yes. when it's not working well. Because you know, so I need this. It, this is me. You know, and it, it's not, and it never was. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't deal with it well. Yeah. So so finding ways to be able to treat all of that academic stuff more like a job and something yeah. that's separate from you to be like, okay, I've got this project I have to execute in X amount of time mm-hmm. Yeah. and just, you know, set some deadlines and then do this. But yeah, and then have other time to have a social life and everything. I think because right. you get sold that thing in academia too where it's like, oh, you should, you should be working all the time and you never get a break and it's always like... Yeah. Yeah. That brings me to my next question. Very nice transition without oh. even knowing. I You have a new blog that you started called Part-Time Comic, I believe. Yeah. And I get that feeling a lot with comedy. Uh, the sense mm. that I'm never doing enough. Like, mm-hmm. no amount I'm doing is ever going to be enough unless I'm grinding at the level of, like, yeah. the super grinders. Yeah. So uh-huh. do you find, like, do you find, like, the, the you seem to be able to approach comedy much more healthily than your PhD. Yeah, that's been um, a thing that I've realized, because, like, I, I've had this thing that's meant so much to me, and I've, I've uh, had to process in a big way. It's still going, but the rest of my life is fine. <laughs> like, actually, I was talking to a friend, and... Um, she said, so how are things going right now? And I was like, well, uh, my dissertation is bad. Um, my relationship is good. Uh, my hobby, which is stand-up comedy, is good. And, and like, my life in general is pretty good. So bad, good, good, good. Like 75% good. Yeah. Yeah, that's which pretty is, good. Which is... That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a B. <laughs> which yeah. is a failure, as we all know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I've, I've been through it. 
and I can see people who are way invested and coming up with like bizarre expectations and demands of themselves, which they enforce by looking at other people and judging them for what mm-hmm. they're doing or not yeah. doing. And like I see that now, like I'm I'm used to it. So if someone's like, "Oh, they're just a, they're just a tourist. They're not really here." I'm like, "I, I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. you're insecure about your own place because you're really invested. Always. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. I definitely I I the second we started doing our limited show running that we're doing, like yeah. with our monthly show, that imbued us all individually with a lot of legitimacy that I would not have necessarily expected. Like, people take me much more seriously now Definitely. as a comic. Yeah. yeah like fun. they're much more eager to book me. They want to get booked. They talk to me like a person. People who were shitty to me before are really like kissing my ass now, sure. which is so great. <laughs> Best feeling actually makes me feel horrible, but whatever. I like to yeah. pretend that I like it. Oh, it makes me feel a little bit that, powerful that anyway. Flopped in an interesting. No, way. I mean it makes me feel good, and then I feel bad about feeling good about oh, it. So mm. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, but it's 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 so weird that something that kind of it almost came to us a little too easily. I feel like sometimes because it's like the first thing we tried to do ended up being fairly successful. Right. And I was kind of like, that's not supposed to happen, is it? Like, aren't we supposed to struggle more? Well, I think, yeah. Aren't I supposed to be embarrassingly bombing all the time? Like, isn't that supposed to be, like, part of the process? Mm-hmm. And, like, does the... that mean I'm not doing it enough if I if I still like it every time? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, actually, this comes back to something, uh, I think, that I wanted to say about mm-hmm. the academic world and the world of comedy, too, mm-hmm. which is you need you need the safe potential to fail. Yeah. I think, like... And that's one thing I don't think you get in your department is mm-hmm. um, success is at such a high rate and failure is not talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of not OK to leave and get a job, you right. know, like you're because you threaten, I think, other people's dreams right. by making the pragmatic decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and in comedy, like I think it is important to be able to fail safely, yeah, you know, and um, like I think that's where alt comedy came from, which is sort of, you know, every the the booking agents are going to the comedy store or whatever was like a big venue, mm-hmm. and you have to do a good job in front of them or you're a failure forever. Yeah. Um, but if you can, if you come to this safe little place where we can just be weird and no one's expecting, yeah. like. Yeah, club stand up, then you can do whatever you want yeah. suddenly, and then and then if people don't laugh, it's like, well, it wasn't supposed to be like that. Ta-da! <laughs> right, <laughs> performance art. Yeah. <laughs> and I think our advantage running this show is we're all adults, you know. It's true. I think we're all we all started much older than the average comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't start till I was like I started kind of like around my thirtieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the class was... was kind of a gift to myself for mm-hmm. that. Really. Yeah, I was uh, thirty-three. When I, when I started for, you know, the last year and a bit, year and change. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and we're, we're invested, but we're not so invested. Like, it's not who we are. Yeah, it's part, like, I want it to be good, but because it's only monthly, it's actually very easy to fit that into my life, where it's like, yeah. well, if, if we have to, like, really um, pound pavement on it, it's usually only for a few days, or, sure. like, to get intense with it, and generally, like, like the feedback on it has been so overwhelmingly positive, like, yeah. people have been so, the comics really like it, the audience really likes it, 
Um, the venue seems to really like it. I yeah. guess I don't really know, but like they certainly haven't given us any indication that they're in any way unhappy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's very symbiotic, I think. And I'd say for me, and I would guess for you and Justin, mm-hmm. um, because I'm not staving off an existential crisis in all our planning. Yeah. Uh, like I can afford to be a little more pragmatic about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. Definitely. Like if. I make bad decisions when I'm super invested, you know? Totally. That's, that's when... Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we were able to have just enough emotional distance from it, I think, to, yeah. to still be able to look at it as a product that we're working on rather than ourselves. Yeah. And so that's that's quite... It's It felt very healthy to me the whole time. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a nice kind of stable thing in my life that has like some... It's not like all one color all the time kind of thing. Like there's there's definitely different shades to the show running into the working with other people, but it's almost all really fun for me. Like I really enjoy yeah. all of it pretty much. Even when I don't like it, I'm like it's cool to like work things out with two people. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you three have a good team dynamic, you know, yeah. like I've worked on really dysfunctional teams um, and I've worked on really amazing teams like group projects or at work or, you know, trying to run. I run a monthly show or I used to and I had to like hand that off because it was really hard to do it all by myself. And then you like have some other team members that then they drop out and then you kind of like it all lands on you. Mm-hmm. Like you guys have kept it pretty stable. Yeah. And yeah. like it's funny how long it took us to land on the name Tricycle Comedy because we were really floating a lot of other things like Late Bloomer. I'm like, mm, reminds me too much of not getting my period until I was almost 14. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to. But like the triad is the most stable geometric shape. It's true. It's yeah. very, yeah, it's a, <laughs> so, and a tricycle's just so, like, thinking about an adult riding a tricycle, that's just funny. It's funny. Like, it's a funny little idea. Yeah. I just always think of the, the Queen song, except that's bicycle. I want to ride my tricycle. <laughs> yeah. Too much singing in this episode, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, no. yeah. I didn't mean, yeah, yeah Katie. Yeah, Katie. Give it a rest. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, just, I think having three people also to work on a project is really awesome, because then there's never, like, there's always a tiebreaker if you need to make some decisions totally um you don't have to if it's only two people it can like get wrapped up in a weird well there's us two yeah and we're always wrapped up in a weird yeah (laughs) you don't really need to flush that out flush that out because it's just true like it's always wrapped up in some weirdness we do fine yeah this is because we know each other so well it's like no you're keeping something from me yeah i didn't even know that (laughs) but so having three people i think is nice because then it also helps you keep maybe some emotional distance too because it's Mm -hmm. like it's not just like this is my thing that i'm doing all by myself it's like I have my teammates. Yeah. We're yeah. all kind of keeping tabs on each other and keeping yeah. ourselves, but it's not just two people doing their relationship thing. Yeah. There's a third person to kind of spread that out a yeah. little bit. Right. I don't know. It feels healthy. Justin's, Justin's <laughs> more capable than the both of us, I think, at being, being able to be dispassionate about something, like, or to be able to just sort of, like, not yeah. that I can't, not that you can't, but just that, I don't know, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. doesn't mean I can't do anything. Like, of I'm course. still very capable of getting stuff done. Emotions but I'm like, and leadership but sometimes I have to be like, uh, I'm sad. Can someone just, like, pat me on the head for a second? Like, is that yeah. cool? <laughs> so. I think the big thing is hyper-focus. Yeah. Like, when you pick out the thing that, that is your problem. Yeah. Mm. And um, not you in particular. No, just but like, like, you yeah. could be me in yeah. particular. <laughs> sure, go for but, it. But that, like... Oh, this this thing is the only thing that matters right now mm-hmm. because it's the one that's bothering me, you know. Someone else's perspective can help you. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone else can sort of say, "Hey, let's not worry about that mm-hmm. right now. Let's let's move on to X or Y or mm-hmm. Z." Exactly. In team meetings at work, we we do the parking lot a lot, where it's like, "Okay, that is an important issue to you. We're going to put that in the parking lot, and if we have time, we'll get to it." But like nice. right now, let's focus on like the important stuff. Totally, yeah. the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. like just like picture taking this tiny car of an idea and putting it over here just valet parking it mm-hmm. for you it'll still be there you know ten dollars please <laughs> <laughs> if only i could charge people for, for their shitty ideas you have to no! do at the end. <laughs> oh man yeah so i mean i like yeah doing comedy is is fun but i definitely uh, am running the risk of letting it get tied up in my identity i'm not competitive about it which is sort of weird for how much like I want to do well at it I'm only competitive with myself mm-hmm. I'm doing a competition this week I don't really care if I win I like to pretend on, I bluster on social media and stuff like oh, I'm gonna kick all your asses but it's obviously not what I yeah. how I feel <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, be careful with that because that obviously oh. Ooh, <laughs> not not you but I've definitely read people who are like I know they meant that as a joke I know they did and then other people. But, yeah. ooh, I, they might have been joking on the square a little bit. Like, yeah. it's hard, hard to tell. I think I just said it to Matty Vu, and I'm pretty sure he got it. Perfect. I think I was like, yeah. right, you're going down, Vu! <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. He just opened for fucking Chris Kattan out in uh, out in Yuck Yuck's Abbotsford or no something. Like, I was like, he does stand-up was my first thing. I was like, oh, you bet, I hope you didn't wear, like, red overalls and messily eat an apple in front of him or something. Huh. Just trying to think because I only think of him as a sketch actor who does weird, inappropriately sexual things, <laughs> as yeah. Mr. Peepers or Mango, right? <laughs> or, uh... or one of the Butabi brothers, <laughs> or R- Ruins, an otherwise fine movie. <laughs> well, Cal oh, film. I can't think of anyone in particular, <laughs> but whenever Catan enters it, I'm like, okay, this took a turn. <laughs> That's mean. Still kind of a get as an opener, I think. Just anybody oh, yeah. whose name you totally. recognize. It's exciting. Totally. No, I'm excited for him and, and also jealous. <laughs> when Chris Kattan asked me to open for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. I don't know. It's So that's a really interesting parallel then to think about like comedy and academia and just like any... I guess that could happen with any job. Like now I'm in politics. It's like I could just make that all of my... Personality yeah. to be like I'm a political staffer and that's me and that's everything and like it could totally wrap me up in my whole yeah. personality. But luckily, I like have a union job where they're like go home at four, and so then I'm done and mm-hmm. then I don't I'm not even allowed to check my email or do anything. It's like the boundaries are very clear, mm-hmm. which I like because yeah. then yeah. you have time to develop the rest of your personality so it doesn't just become yeah. the one thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a serial hobbyist, mm-hmm. which is. I will take up a hobby and get to the point where it requires energy and time to like master, yeah. and then give it up and then go to something else where I can perform the Just like learning process. What, yeah. are, what are some previous? Oh, I draw. Um, cool. I, you know, I play guitar. Um, Very cool. I'm, I'm a more than adequate campfire chord basher. You know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what? You only need to know four chords, and then you can play every campfire. Oh, campfire chord. I was like, yeah. like a cord of wood is what I was thinking. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're very strong then. You can just rip them apart That's... like Captain America. <laughs> well, that too. I am but... part bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and little things. Like I, I did uh, weightlifting a for a while. Like, nice. I, but I like, I like doing things, and I like learning things. Mm-hmm. My problem is once, it's, uh, once I have to commit to it, mm-hmm. then it's a problem. Uh, comedy so far has been the thing that like I can push past. I think a lot of it's the social aspect, mm-hmm. just like knowing good people who you can hang out with and get better with. Yeah, that that does a lot for me. Me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I think honestly my interactions with people are always about ninety percent positive. It's only like a couple assholes and they never really ruin the whole thing. It kind of yeah, it's like just a little bit of flavor. Yeah, yeah. so well, it te- it's in... teaching me skills. Yeah. Dealing with conflict and stuff, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. I hate conflict. Nope. Sucks. Ass. 
Should we take a short little break yeah, and sure. then get back to our next little topic at hand? Yeah. And we're back from outer space. <laughs> I just walked in to find you here, ready to podcast in this place. <laughs> I feel like we've done that like three times at least. You know what? Uh, it's fine. Okay. Meredith can tell us if we have or not. <laughs> right. You should maybe just start getting it so it's totally rote. Like, yep, just every single time. I just time. walked back to... I don't know the Should have changed well. those four locks on the door. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very secure sea shanty shack because this thing is like, you know, it'll blow over in a gust of wind. We got to keep our shit secure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Basically. It looks rickety, but it's steel reinforced mm-hmm. or something. Just like our... Don't come steal our crystals. <laughs> and herbs. I was going to say, like, rickety on the outside, but strong on the inside is like the opposite of our personalities. Yeah. Oh my God. It looks so strong on the outside. It's very rickety and tender on the inside. We're very soft centers. Just nougat. Which is why we need to start mm. weightlifting, which yeah. we we're discussing a little bit. Getting beefy. Yeah, I want to get soups beef. Just, I want to be fat and buff. It'll be so good. Fat, buff. It's pretty fun. It's I pretty was, good. I was people for just, a bit. I people was are like, good. oh, you're just, you're, you're tubby. You're like, ah, but wait till I lift a couch in front of you. Nice. At, at my peak, I was squatting 300 pounds, five by five, which I feel pretty good about. Holy shit. That's, that's pretty amazing. It was fun. <laughs> like, people stop and watch at a certain point. I want to like... be able to squat 300 pounds. <laughs> be super... Was it pounds or kilograms? Pounds. It sounds way better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be like, 124 I mean... kilograms or something yeah. doesn't sound that good. Yeah. I wonder if that's actually what that is, because that seems close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's never find out. Quick math. It's like, I was feeling like uh, we were doing a lot of swimming in the ocean mm-hmm. on Gabriola, and there was one beach that's, like, super wavy, and so I'm, like, fighting against the current, and I was, like, swimming really hard, and because, like, in Vancouver, when I swim in the ocean, I don't put my head under, just because uh. of the fecal coliform count, and I don't want to get ear infections. <laughs> uh, the ocean is kind of gross around here, you guys, but anyway. But you go in anyway. Yeah, because then you can shower after, but I just tried to, like, not put my head under, yeah. But then at Gabriel, I was like putting my head under and like swimming properly again. And I was like, oh yeah, this actually moves my muscle groups in the proper way. I was like really like beating up my, my like back and arms by like fighting against the current. It felt really good. Nice. And yeah. so you were saying that sometimes weightlifting can feel a bit like powerfully masochistic where you're like, oh, this yeah. hurts and it's awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a weird, there is a high, but like calling it a high, it, it's, it's so dumb that it's called a high. <laughs> it's definitely not as good as an actual high, yeah. probably. But, like, endorphins yeah. are real, you yeah. know? You get yeah. those from exercise, and I just prefer to get them from, like, food and sex. Because <laughs> yeah. it's much less work. It feels better. It's easier. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> Summer. Like, when, when you start, like, the next day, you're kind of, like, walking around like a duck a little bit because your thighs are really sore. Mm. The, that weirdly feels good. Yeah. I do like uh, the soreness from exercise more than the soreness from lethargy. Yes. Because, like, <laughs> no kidding. Do you know what I mean? Like, my back will hurt. Like I, From doing nothing. Yeah, I threw out my back because I was playing Sims for two days straight. Yeah. And I, like, got up and was like, ow! You know? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good act out. <laughs> I wish other people could have seen yeah. that. I did live it, so yeah. I have the, yeah, just, the that's method You're a real acting. method, yeah, totally. But if, if your muscles sore, you're kind of aware of your body, which yes. can be kind of good. It kind of makes me yeah. feel like, oh, I feel so powerful and alive and leonine, and like, yeah. I'm just like, proud. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of historical fiction this yes. week. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, you can just copy and paste that in every week of my life, pretty much is what I'm doing. Uh, no, actually, I'm reading a future dystopia from Ms. Margaret Ooh, Atwood nice. right now. So um, Anyway, we were talking about lethargy feelings mm-hmm. and sore legs from being unable to get up to rise from a toilet after peeing is really alarming which Ooh, has happened to me a yeah. few times after doing some squats I'm like 
I'm going to need to steal myself here. Like, I'm yeah. going to have to, like, pull the towel rack off the wall to get back yeah. up or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you just accept that the next two seconds are going to be intensely painful. Yeah, and you just do what you got to do. You go, <laughs> Like, everything, is it burning? Very yeah. much. Uh, but I, I do like that, yeah, being aware of your body because your muscles have been, like, in use and stuff. It yeah. feels really good. And then I forget that that feeling feels really good, and then I, like, let it kind of dissipate oh okay now my muscles don't hurt anymore and then I go back into lethargy yeah. and then I like do some more exercise and it's like everything hurts again and I know that if I just keep doing that then it will yeah. eventually just feel normal and it'll be okay but it's really hard to push past that because it's hard and it sucks so <laughs> where I'm at right now when you're talking about the hurting yourself from lethargy and you'd rather eat than work out because it gives you endorphins anyway like I'm like that's my whole fucking summer Mm -hmm. I was I had such high hopes for myself as I always do and I realized like oh I don't like to sweat and I'm already so sweaty which has been this whole (laughs) summer it's been so hot I don't have summer clothes I'm not built for it being a being a thick milkshake as it were would you ever get into the I'm already sweaty because it's summer so I may as well exercise I should if I had better habits then yeah I would just mostly I'm like I just want to wash my face Mm -hmm. is how I've been feeling through the whole summer because I just like feel like oil just like forming and Mm. just shiny just a shiny shiny person that um not like a special Pokemon just (laughs) shiny that gives me like a flashback to my driver's test oh my god Getting my, your picture taken after? My first, yeah, driver's license photo was just like an oil slick, just <laughs> with painful pimples everywhere. Oh, you like the ones that hurt? Teenage boy. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Hair plastered against my forehead. <laughs> it's, are you from BC originally? Or? I am, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's uh, pretty rare. Uh, yep. These days, I was just going to go, like, did you have to do the whole, I don't know how much older than me you'd have to be to have missed the whole NL training. I sure did miss that. You got it just before. Just right under the wire. Oh, okay. Because I seemed to, yeah, there was uh, someone I grew up with who was three years older than me, did it like the week before the graduated licensing came into place. I think if if I'd gotten it the day I turned 16, I think um, I would have had like a year to play with. Okay. But I didn't pursue it that quickly. So I did have to schedule like in the final two weeks to get, (laughs) yeah, to not get the end. I failed my first driver's test, but I passed the second one. I've known a lot of people who failed, like, nine times. Yeah. And now they have their driver's license. I'm like, I'll take the bus. Thanks. <laughs> I don't want to die here. Um, yeah, so the, the the shininess, the whole, like, already feeling gross and, like, not wanting to be visible becoming even more gross, like, mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. Like, not thinking about the end game, but always thinking about how I'm going to feel while I'm doing it. It mm-hmm. puts me off because I'm like, if one other person comes into my building's gym when I'm in there, if I get there and it's empty and someone else comes in, the flash of anger I feel is so borderline psychotic. Like, I imagine <laughs> putting my hands around their neck and squeezing. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. I'm like, how fucking dare you come and see me at this vulnerable point in my life? Oh. Like, I'm so furious wow. about it. But the thing is, is that, that most of the other people in my building are not conscientious people when it comes to this thing. They'll come in, they'll turn both of the TVs on full blast. So if I'm listening to a podcast or whatever, like, Canada's worst drivers or Border Patrol is going to come <laughs> blasting through. And they'll just, like, go from one machine to the other, not wipe any of them down, and just, like, take up the whole space. So not only and are just, they like, taking up your space, but the uh, the inconsiderateness, which you and I rail against a lot, where which it's, like... It, it makes me, like I said, so angry. I will. I am not going to ever act out in violence. 
but I think about it a lot. <laughs> Please don't arrest me. I just, I get so mad. I'm like, it's the same way I feel when I'm commuting in the morning because I'm already, it's already unpleasant. I already don't want to do it. And other people can see me and be around me and are doing their own thing as if, as if they don't know, as if they don't care that they're making me even more miserable than I Aww. already am. So when somebody like hits me in the <laughs> face with their backpack when I'm sitting on a bus or a Skytrain, I'm just like, I will end you. I will end your life. I will make your mother weep at your graveside. It's, I get into those tizzies where it's like, how dare this person not even do yeah. this? Because like, I feel like I would anticipate the need and like not do that and be like over considerate, yeah. right? But then it's like, I need to realize that people can't read my mind and they don't know that this is making they me mad. They fucking should though, Chris. They should. <laughs> I know. But like, I'm trying to take the healthier approach to that where it's yeah. like, just let it go. Like they're just doing their own thing. And maybe even if that person was rude to me or whatever, they are going through their own shit. It has nothing to do with me yeah it's a hard lesson to learn and keep practicing but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> whatever but, this yeah. is just what we were gonna talk Un- about un- but unhealthy unhealthy coping is definitely a good thing to talk about because mm-hmm. like I've, I've been getting into these situations where i am not calming myself down i'm just like letting myself get really bent out of shape with like being angry about stuff like that or like someone being mean to me over like something i said on the internet or something mm-hmm. like um that just jacks me right up and I just want to do something that has a hundred percent success rate of making me feel better. Uh, doesn't cost a lot and doesn't require anyone to see me in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. So eating pretty much like I eat a lot of shitty, terrible food. Uh, and I hope we can talk a little bit about that. I know in our first episode with Emily White, we definitely talked about comfort food mm-hmm. quite a bit, but I think talking about the actual dimensions of like, the shame around it. Like, Kyle, your comedy is so good for this. I don't want to, like, make you do your bits, but you have a couple bits about food and food shame that hit me so fucking hard that the crying that I'm doing while I'm laughing is, like, mostly because it's funny, and also the, like, 25% because, like, I identify with it so strongly that it's just, like, did you set up a secret camera? Have you been watching me? I just feel so recognized by it, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I just lived the same life, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, give or take some details. <laughs> Being like a fat, tender child. Yeah. Uh, growing up in... B- where, where where did you grow up? Like, where in BC did you grow uh, up? Vernon. Oh, right. I did actually Okanagan. know that about you. Yeah. Which I, I like to say was a good place to grow up and a better place to leave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is... Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. More people leave Vernon than Kelowna, so I've definitely known more cool people from Vernon than Kelowna. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense, Kelowna. <laughs> all offense, offense Kelowna. <laughs> Vernon, Penticton, Kelowna are like a Mexican standoff of like, my town's better than your town. Yeah. Every small town has its neighbor rivalry, basically. Yeah. Oh, except like I only encounter that rivalry with people who stayed. Yes. Mm. Like I have a friend, I met his brother who stayed in Kelowna. And I was, I sort of put out there like, oh, I'm from Vernon. Yeah, so we have some shared history. It was an olive branch. And he was like, Vernon, what a, what a piece of trash place. And I was like, you're not, you're not better. Like, I left Vernon also. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you don't win this. Kelowna's a bigger place. It's got a lot going for it, but it also has some things going against it. Mm -hmm. Just a handful. Just a handful. Just a handful. Mostly orange people. Oversized orange people like uh, like Oompa Loompas who do P90X. Oh my god! Oh, this is yep. Yeah, my brother-in-law lives there, and this is that's where I got the idea for the joke about giving myself a nickname. 
because one of the guys at the wedding I, I was talking to, so like, I'm never going to remember because he's had his wedding in Kelowna, so I didn't make that clear. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to one of his friends at the bar and he's like, well, what's your name? Anyway, it's like, oh, yeah, I know I'm Kaylee's sister-in-law. Uh, oh, my name's Katie. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to remember that. I was like, okay, fine. Don't know why you asked. Uh, I was like, you could just call me Big Red. And he's like, oh, no, I can't call you that. I can never call you that. Big is the worst thing you could call a woman. <laughs> I'll just call you cool bitch instead. <laughs> and I wanted to do that as a joke. And then I was getting a bunch of notes like, oh, cool bitch isn't mean. En- it's not mean enough. I'm like, yeah. but it's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's just literally the truth, which maybe makes it not a joke. But, <laughs> but that definitely know. happened. I was like, oh, right. That's they're a little bit skewed yeah. up here. I think cool bitch works. Cool bitch. By the way. But it doesn't really describe me visually. Right, not for you, but as the joke, I think. Yeah, I like that Luna, yeah. uh, again, our cre- creator of all of fine art we have, uh, aside our podcast, uh, tagged me in a reference to The Simpsons that, oh, I can't believe Katie played Tattoo Annie on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> she's a real inspiration. Oh, right. And so there's like she's there's a picture of Tattoo Annie. I was like, Jesus Christ, I really look like Tattoo Annie. With the Mad Magazine fold-in tattoo. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, nobody remembers my first big role. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to put her picture in the roundup, I think, because it it looks a lot like me, to be honest. Oh, man. But, yeah, so so being being a chubby kid growing up in Vernon, uh, we're there. It's an athletic town. Yeah. A lot of outdoor activities. I was an indoor cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Same. Yeah. Yeah, Sports. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I just stayed inside with my brother, played a lot of video games, and, uh, yeah. Which is funny, because my brother's quite thin. Hmm. But just, That's not fair. Yeah. Well, it's fine. (laughs) My oldest brother was an actual international model. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chris and I are always like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, I guess we're the funny ones. (laughs) Right. But uh, that's actually what happened in elementary school was I, I got in with the group of cool boys. Actually, there were four. Just cool little rowdy boys. Well, yeah, it was there was uh, four of us, and I was the funny one. Cool. You know, you mm-hmm. you get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, uh, uh, we competed on grades. It was a weird little thing. Hmm. But cool uh, kids getting good grades. Yeah. But in I always, elementary school, it sort of was that. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you could be, um, it was either that or be a bad kid. You mm-hmm. remember the bad kids? Oh, yeah. Which was uh, a weird smoking. category. Smoking. Uh, I remember uh, sixth graders smoking at my elementary yeah. school. I was like, oh, no. Or, like, having ADD. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Undiagnosed ADD. Undiagnosed ADD, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, um, carving that Stussy S into the top of their desk with their compass. Yeah, yeah. That kid's weird. He's bad. Um, I'm, I'm not endorsing this point of view. <laughs> but that was how Just, you categorize things in elementary school, of course. It's fairly yeah. black and white. Yeah. Yeah, like, not me in particular, but it was, like, it was in the ether. Mm-hmm. We all knew. <laughs> bad Chris. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I... Not you. I'm kidding. Maybe yeah. you a little bit. No, I was a very good kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pathologically good, because that was, that was me. Yeah. Like, ah, I don't want to do anything. Uh, uh, not okay. I was, um, yeah, I was also pathologically well-behaved. I was terrified of making my parents mad, so I never really acted out. Yeah. I would, to defy my parents, I would have to have, like, a business presentation. 
Um, have I talked about this before on the podcast? No. If we ever get, if we ever do uh, the mommy issues episodes that we were talking about doing, <laughs> getting our moms on, uh, I'm sure my mom would. She's very proud of this about about me. Is that if ever ever I wanted something growing up, whether it was like a facial piercing or a pet, or like a, a toy, or so, or like to go to a camp or something like that, I would have to like basically put together a PowerPoint presentation for them and then argue why I should get it. Here's why. Here are some of the concerns you may have, and here are my refutations of those concerns. Like, I would give them basically a duotang folder with, like, this is why I should be allowed to get a guinea pig. Huh. Basically. Uh, I think that's kind of awesome. Yeah. You have to do your research and then be yeah, accountable. Yeah, and then she to... would just say no anyway. Ah. <laughs> Brenda, come on. It's, uh, I bet it's fine. Joke's on her. I just want to go out and get my face pierced without permission because I always looked older than I was. <laughs> I want to make a pun on Dragon's Den. I know, right? Dragon's Kindergarten? Mm. No. It's a bit of a, a, bit bit of of a reach. walk. Yeah. bit of a walk. Drag. Uh... So I was thinking, like, Tiger Mom? No, my mom yeah. was not a Tiger Mom. She's like, you want to quit that? Great. I don't have to drive you there anymore. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the kind of mom that I'm going to be. Oh, my God. I'm like, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably not a good thing to say to your child. Yeah. You can just stay in my basement forever, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, yeah. Uh, the the feelings eating. Uh, I was an only child. I mean, I have siblings, as I said. Like, I have two brothers, but they're so much older than me. We never... So old. They're very, very old. They're incredibly elderly. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did not grow up together. Uh, And I was home alone a lot, and my parents... Oh, one presentation I gave them was that, hey, I got my babysitting certificate. I'm 11. I shouldn't have to go to daycare anymore, because if I can babysit a baby, I could babysit me. That was the one time they said yes. Cool. They're like, great, we don't have to pay for daycare anymore. Here's a house key. Now you're a latchkey kid. (laughs) Yeah. I loved being a latchkey kid. And uh, that was... Definitely when I started getting fat for real. Because uh, <laughs> at daycare, the snacks yeah. come out pretty uh, yeah. evenly and they're balanced, whatever. Like maybe we had President's Choice mac and cheese for lunch, but then we had fruit cocktail for a snack, right? So mm-hmm. uh, staying home alone, also 11 was like kind of when puberty starts. So you yeah. start putting body fat on anyway. And I quit swimming at the same time. So oh. a perfect storm. <laughs> Uh, and my parents shopped at Costco a lot, so we'd get Costco-sized boxes of Pizza Pops and Rice Krispies treats and chocolate-covered dips granola bars mm-hmm. and yep. all kinds of stuff, like anything that was prepackaged, because I didn't know how to cook at that age, right? Yeah. I would get up at, like, on summer vacation, I'd get up at, like, 11.30 and put on the puzzle place or, like, ch- children shows that were way too young for me right. at the age that I was. I'd put on, like, big comfy couch and be like, yeah, Lunette, you do those clock stretches. <laughs> do you remember that yes, show? Yes, I do. Yeah. The weird doll. But so, like, girl. it sounded like you were... And so... I would just eat, like, three pizza pops for lunch. Yeah, because it was available. Mm. Yeah. But then did it... I didn't have friends. So, yeah, did it start to become, like, a, no, I'm sad. I want to eat this food. Oh, oh bored, bored or yeah. lonely or any number of, like... Any emotion that was other than positive could definitely, and even positivity, like, I, I, my friends corroborate this story, I can't believe it's true, but I used to, as, like, a 13 or 14-year-old, when I finally started making friends, oddly enough, through the church, oh. I got all the bad kids at church who became my friends, because I wasn't really raised in a religious family, I just, like, went to youth group, Right. and so all the bad kids were like, oh, cool, you're secular, so come and, like, smoke roaches with us, <laughs> pretty much like, I'm 13, that sounds great. I love, uh, I love that distinction, you're secular. You're like, secular, you know what sex is, come on and let's hang out and, like, yeah. listen to Nirvana a lot. Sweet. Uh, in my cool attic bedroom, those are the friends that I had, and, uh... If we were going to watch a movie, I uh, 
I we would buy snacks or like if I had people over to my house because we watch movies in my basement, I'd get like a big bag of nacho Doritos for everyone else and then the same size bag of Cool Ranch for myself to share with no one. <laughs> <laughs> so Cool Ranch Dorito remains my ultimate shame food. Wow. Because it is foul smelling. Like no one wants to kiss you if you've just any Dorito, but especially a Cool Ranch. Like they smell it's a, a bit beach like flavor. Feet. They smell a lot like feet, in fact. Uh, they probably taste a lot like feet, too, to be honest. Yeah. But once I start, I can't stop. I'm like, take me out to the open range or Cool Ranch. Like, uh, huh. put a ride into the sunset and a wave of savory flavor. <laughs> so, like, that and Swedish berries. Like, those would be, those would oh, be the God. things that I would just, like, hoard and eat. Like, I would just, oh, like, I, no, tipping out. I remember watching Porky's in my basement with a friend and like <laughs> the feeling of like the specific te- sp- sense memory of tipping back the crumbs of and the Cool Ranch Dorito dust into yeah. my mouth and going like, mmm, good. Swedish berries, I'll eat well past the point where I hate them. Oh, yes. <laughs> just where you're like, just like, punishing this now them. tastes like candle wax. Yeah. And, must... But I'm still going. Yeah. It's like the outside of a baby bell and I won't <laughs> stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's more in the bag, mm-hmm. so I'm realizing that too. If it's like if it's just there and it's given to me, yeah. I will just keep eating it. Like yeah. we had so much junk food on the camping trip, and so like the kids would just keep handing me Twizzlers, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep eating these. Like they taste, yeah, like candle wax. Yeah. But here we go. Like I'm trying to, you know, I've developed a good flavor palette in terms of like I'm a foodie bougie asshole. Mm-hmm. So like I try to like. Sometimes I need to counter my, like, emotional eating with sanctimoniousness to be yeah. like, mm, this isn't, like, yeah. delicious organic mama mama. I just like some kale and had a salmon. And... Yeah, so it's like, because I cook really good food that's healthy and flavorful, but, like, when I talk about it, I sound like such an insufferable douchebag. Yeah. But sometimes that's the only way that I can I break through. I find you very sufferable, in oh, fact. thanks. Oh. But, like, <laughs> but that's the only way that I can, like... That's, like, the sweetest <laughs> statement that sounds the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I would suffer you all day. I just, you notice I didn't refute the douchebag part. <laughs> no, I don't think you are. But uh, you know, like sometimes that sanctimoniousness is the tool that I use, like sure. to at least get me over the hump of like, okay, I've got to stop eating this crap because it's ooh, it's not yeah. gourmet. Blah 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 blah. Because otherwise, I will just like eat craft dinner all day. Oh, I, all day, every day. <laughs> but um, I know my relationship to food is like my mom's a great cook, and as um. From about the age of 12 on, she had me uh, cooking for the family where she would leave instructions, like recipes and kind of, uh, like she'd leave out the chicken legs overnight and let them thaw and say, okay, well, do this, this, and this, and I'd do it. So I learned how to do that. But, um, so I love food. Food is love Mm -hmm. for for me. Like it's... Yeah, you put like together this beautiful thing for your friends, your family, like... Yeah, I... Put my love inside of you. (laughs) <laughs> basically sure in a much yeah. less terrifying way <laughs> i know well it, it's there isn't it but like yeah i cook i cook for my partner and uh i don't think she realizes how much importance i put in it like that it's delicious and that it's she would just eat you know nutrient paste for so sure went, oh my god this is too kyle are you yeah. sure we weren't separated as yeah. as siblings as young child childrens i, <laughs> I believe is the be. word could be, but this yeah. There's too many similarities yeah, there. Yeah, so, so you put so much love and, like, so much emotional, like, input into your food. Yeah, yeah. like, making sure the sear is there, like, <laughs> understanding what, what umami is and stuff like that. <laughs> Balance and Balance. things. I do think uh, the culinary world is trying to make us all sound like perverts. 
between umami and mouthfeel. Like, it's just... Mouthfeel is the worst word. It, it sounds so gross. <laughs> so gross. You could just say... T- it's fucking texture is all it means, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, it's like, this, this custard has a great mouthfeel. Like, it's it's smooth. Like, that's what you're telling me. <laughs> and I just pictured the food against the side of your cheek. Um, You're saying that, like, putting lots of love into the food and yeah. you're learning all these, like, yeah, culinary terms. Yeah. And... But, yeah, techniques to make it... To make it good, to make sure that it's good. So yeah, I I, um, I put a lot of value in it, mm-hmm. but that's also that it also means that when I'm down, I'm definitely looking for a thousand calories to inject into my Please. body in the most like like weaponized delivery <laughs> system possible. Like, <laughs> Please, any example, uh, millions of examples would be very wonderfully illustrative. Yeah, well, I have a joke or a bit. But this it's just true that whenever um, my partner leaves town, I go to Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. It just, like, immediately happens for soft serve and, like, fudge and peanuts. Just just fat and, and easy carbs mm-hmm. just immediately. Um, oh, uh, cafeteria-style Chinese food. Oh, like, yes. oh, my God. Oh. Like, from a food court. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just the worst kind of time. Oh like, my God. from a small town buffet in the heart of Camp Saxe, Saskatchewan yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I like I like to get my Chinese food from the train station. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I am a, a gourmand though in the mm-hmm. sense that like I I love good well-prepared food, but mm-hmm. I also love the bullshit, you know. Like, I feel so attuned to you spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's I'll do the same. I'll cook for my partner and like I really love like oh I'll spend like 5 hours making a soup out of like the bones of the fish that we caught in the river and then I made this amazing chowder and blah 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 and then as soon as he leaves town like he's a vegetarian or pescatarian so right. I'll like make a sausage and just like eat it with yeah. like dipping yeah. it in ketchup. Like, I was going to say like I've seen oh like we've done that together. Yeah. <laughs> so like when we've had sleepovers it's like all right sausages and onions and yeah. like just like things that aren't or aren't bad necessarily mm-hmm. but they're greasy and smelly and a meaty little bit and meaty. like but yeah or like i when i cook for myself like if nobody else is around then i just don't care as much and i i was like is yeah. it a self-love thing where it's like i want to create this beautiful spread mm-hmm. for my partner to be like i love you so much look at all this beautiful stuff that i made her for yeah. friends mm-hmm. and then for me i'm like you only deserve a craft dinner yeah or something like when i like get fancy and treat yeah. myself I usually do cook myself something very fancy like ooh I'll slow cook or whatever right. but that's when I'm like really feeling myself yeah. but most of the time it's like so, <laughs> do you do it for the feedback do you think because I, I feel like I maybe do I need feedback way too much I'm getting better at that just because I don't get a lot of feedback for my cooking in general. It's I have a very and like just, um, 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 he and... he loves food like he's yeah. very appreciative of it, but he's also not very vocal. So to me, the love is he'll go back for seconds, you know. Yeah. Like so, I feel the appreciation very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I think some of it is for the recognition. When I make, yeah. like, fancy shit, yeah. like, really fancy shit, where it's, like, at my birthday party, I always make, like, little, like, amazing little finger foods and stuff for people. Yeah. That I want the appreciation for, because that takes a long time. It definitely. That's when I see it in you, is whenever you're having, because you're an excellent host. Mm-hmm. Like, you love to throw a party. Yeah. And you do, you do it up. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to, I mean, I've definitely seen it stress you out on a few occasions, but most of the time, it's just kind of, you're so excited about, like, I can't wait till you see my croquembouche. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be so good. It was epic. It was amazing. Fucking cream puff tower, man. Nice. Brought in by a beautiful pregnant woman, and I was like, oh my god, is that like a fertility ritual or something? Like that's what it looked like. It was Has so to be. 
golden and like covered in caramel sticky yeah. and beautiful Ooh. like it was so it was a gorgeous Ooh. and i don't i hate cream puffs and i still ate like three of them how can you huh. hate cream i don't puffs? like custard or cream is it or, the mouth feel it's the mouth feel yeah i don't right. like pudding the only thing that i do like that's like that is creme brulee and it's because it has a crest on it like it has to have something hard on it so oh, for me to eat it like i don't like i would never eat pudding the fact that i like yogurt is beyond me i don't know why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just because I'm a woman and you have to eat Activia or you, Jamie Lee Curtis kills you. Well, it's just so hilarious I've been led to understand. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yogurt! (laughs) So good! Did you eat my key lime pie, your plate? <laughs> Sorry, Marie Bamford. Um, yeah, the, the um, fucking pudding, I just never would. That was like the, the least relatable thing to me in uh, Stranger Things is when they lost their minds over pudding. <laughs> in one yeah. of the episodes, I was like, don't want it, don't care, gross. I get it. It's gooey, <laughs> sick. But uh, you were asking about, like, does it stress me out or do I want the feedback? Or Yeah, or... well, like, I think uh, that's when it's, when I've observed it at its sort of zenith for you is like, please tell me how cool this looks kind of thing. Yeah. And I definitely, because you, your 25th birthday was such a fucking off the chain experience. Like it was better than a lot of weddings I've been to. Nice. I rented so, a hall and got a caterer. And shit. It, was, oh, it wow. was the most beautiful example of self-indulgence I've ever seen in my life. And I salute you forever for it <laughs> because it was a great time. But every year, like for my birthday, I will, cause it's around Christmas. So I'll like bake a whole bunch of stuff and I'll make a whole bunch of little like bite-sized treats. And that to me is like, again, sharing that kind of emotional yeah like just love with my friends yeah. and I only do that once a year like mm-hmm. I don't ever bake I don't make little fiddly yeah. finger food shit ever mm-hmm. except for once a year so December, that's like December's truly the fattening yeah it is mm-hmm. that's that's traditional that's like how you should if you want to hibernate for the rest of the yeah, year yeah if you want to live your life in a like seasonal kind of way like I feel like I'm yeah. in tune with the earth's rhythms and I just eat a lot in the winter sure. and that's, I feel like that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I like, I love to impress people. I haven't been doing a lot of cooking lately because of the same, the same thing you were saying about your partner is that mine loves good food and is so appreciative when I, when I make something like she's, she's so like, thank you so much for showing us. Thanks for making this babe. And I was like, that's automatic. You don't really like it. You don't really care. No. Like, oh no, please trust me. I do. Cause oh, no. I would maybe be dead if you didn't feed yeah, me all take, the time. Take yes for an answer. Right? Like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Um, I'm so cute and nice, so people let me get away with it. Um, uh, but I think that, like, I could make not great food and she'd still be really appreciative. Like, maybe right. not Soylent, but, uh, yeah. like, if I just made, like, pancakes for dinner, she'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Like, I'm pretty chill about it, but I'll occasionally, one of the few times I'll get, like, actually angry is if I've just completely fucked the execution on oh, something. Same. Like, yeah. like, if you... I get so upset. Oh. Uh, so upset. I was making fish tacos once, and I put it, like, breaded fish, mm-hmm. and I was putting in the oil, and all the breading would just, like, completely peel off of it. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, so furious with the world <laughs> and myself... Oh, boy. ...that I was bad company. Um, <laughs> Every time I can think of three times in the last like two years where I've made an inedible meal, yeah. I cried every single time. Yeah. Like fear, like hot tears of fury, mm-hmm. is how wrapped up in it I get. Yeah. Well, like I'm not a perfectionist. Like food's food. If it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have but to it, be. But if an element that you were 
concerned about doesn't come together, yeah. it's very, very it's, unsettling. It's, I don't know. It ruins the experience for you. It, it yeah. kind of rocks me. Yeah. I, I love, like, presentation with food, and, like, if something, right. if I'm cooking something, like, I made a frittata... It doesn't fucking matter what it looks like, but in the pan, it was, like, the most perfect shape. It was going to come out. It was going to look so good. But the top just wasn't quite cooking well enough, so I was like, I'll flip it. Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah. So I flipped it, and it all fell apart, and I was like, ah. Now it's, it's a scramble. Yeah, yeah, it tasted delicious, but it didn't have that perfect shape that I wanted, and I was really sad about it. Uh-huh. Were you cooking it in a in a cast iron pan? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, a nice nonstick. Hmm. It just didn't flip right. I think maybe you have to put it under the broiler. Don't tell me what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so fair. Totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, I love a well-placed don't tell me what to do. That actually made me a little mad. I was like, I dealt with the crisis, Katie. Now you're bringing it back up with advice? That's totally fair. No. Don't tell me what to do. It's long digested at this point, Catherine. No. That's the exasperated name. Yeah. Oh, you're mad at me. Call me Catherine. Yeah. But so, yeah, so then just, like, that sort of emotional investment in the food that we create for other people Mm -hmm. is really important, and then it gets, like, it fucks me up if it doesn't come out right or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when I'm cooking for myself, I just don't share that same kind of care and concern. No. Yeah. I eat like a caveman if I'm eating by myself. Like, last night I spent the whole night by myself, and I was just, like... I just cooked a chicken breast and put together, like, one of those sweet kale salads that you get everywhere, right? Like, the ones with the poppy seed and the... Right. Yeah, Yeah, those ones. I was just like, oh, it's a pesto chicken breast from the That doesn't sound store. like eating like a caveman. No, but I'm not finished. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just like basically cooked the chicken. I was like, I can plate this. And I didn't even look for tongs. I just put my hands in and just like started tossing it all together. Just like, okay. Just started eating the whole salad with my hands. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I was no. already going to have to wash my hands anyway. So let's does, just keep it up. Does that mean it's paleo? Totally. Yeah, I, I mean, it, so. well, aside from the huge amount of sugar in the dressing, I'm sure. No, but because you're eating like a caveman. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. I was like, I was just trying to think it on two levels. I didn't, like, it's yeah. basically paleo. I didn't think you gave that joke. It's a dude. Just <laughs> I just assume paleo is like when you get a, a plate of ribs so big it tips your car over. <laughs> beautiful i like that it's a good mental image every paleo blog i've ever read if i need to get if i was an actor and i needed to get angry for a role i just like all right i'm gonna pull up nom nom paleo and just look at some of the write-ups this uppity asshole has written okay so like i'm a big like foodie gourmand whatever but then i also do get angry about like certain diets and like oh this is like raw vegan blah blah it's like i actually love all of that food yeah and I love all the paleo things, like, so on, because I'm on Pinterest sure. a lot, because they have great recipes, and I love the visual layer. I don't need to justify it. I'm totally justifying <laughs> it. I got very defensive of myself. But I try to, like, uh, delete all the captions that go with stuff, because it's always like, oh, the amazing, clean sk- yeah, clean eating, skinny noodles with your fucking paleo this and the raw vegan that. And I'm like, this looks delicious. Why did you have to ruin it with those words? <laughs> Zoodles used to mean something different. Oh, I know that. <laughs> bothers me a lot. <laughs> or like when they say uh, oh I've got nice cream instead of ice cream. Oh, or like, oh. like fucking ban- smushy ass banana. Smushy banana. And I'm like why, would, holes. why don't you call it like ice dream or something like they have a thing called rice dream like it's not cream so why'd you call it nice cream you're ice just trying to are you saying that you're better breathe. than me? This is like better my cream is nicer than yours because I'm raw vegan 
Like, ah. I so have, it just feels inherently judgy. Sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> I have the most perverse respect for the, the person who figured out, oh, it's not mayo. It's aioli. <laughs> like, that branding is so, like, disgustingly effective. Like, you just said oh, yeah. garlic into it while you were whipping it up, and, yeah. and then it became something better yeah. than regular mayo. But uh, I was looking for a salad recipe, like a particular pairing of ingredients, I don't remember what, and my Google search returned one that was, it was an enlightened salad, <laughs> like the enlightened, you know, lettuce like, and not whatever Like, is going to bring it to you or something? Yeah. And... <laughs> Like, I don't get that angry in life, but mm-hmm. I definitely, like, I hit a simmer yeah. with that one. Like, like I'm going to not eat that on principle. Yeah, yeah. Just out of spite. You know, I'm sure it signed off with namaste. Like, I'm, I'm just sure. My salad recognizes your salad. <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so that, it, it brings me back to sort of what we were talking about, about academia and comedy. It's like, when, if you see somebody else, like leave that because they are doing something different it like threatens your worldview like yeah. why is it that i feel like when someone's doing like a food thing it's like judging me it's threatening me and my lifestyle or my like it's just whenever i see somebody posting about like oh i'm doing this special diet or <sighs> i'm doing this, it just feels like why are you judging me and it's like they're not chris yeah. like it's not fucking about you at all it's... let people do their Ugh. own thing yeah. but it just makes me feel like ah because does it, I don't know. In my like, memory, I'm like, doing did, did we start or... talking about this off podcast before we started recording? Because, okay, because I'm like, did we already talk about this? No, that's why I brought it back that's, up. I'm so glad good. you did. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I just, you, I really shot myself in the foot a bunch of times this week. Like, people. I got mean to people this week. I told my brother that I couldn't wait till he got fat again because he lost, like, 50 pounds doing some kind of diet thing. And I, like, remember him going, like, oh, I can't have bread today. Bread's tomorrow or something like that. And I was just Ooh. like, ugh. No, um, but they're very healthy. They're super active. And I just like, it just makes me think about everything I already feel like I'm failing at. And it's not about me. Yeah. It's never been about me. It's mm-hmm. not, nobody gives a fuck. Like nobody looks at me and goes, and if so, and if they do, they're really sick. Like if someone goes to me like, oh, she's fat, she's immoral and needs to like be run off the face of the earth or just at least go for a fucking run, tubbo. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's thinking that. Most people don't that. think that. Yeah. Most people don't think that. And if they do, they have much bigger problems than I do even. So. Yeah. For for me, the big problem. I'm not that concerned about how other people are eating or what the, how that reflects on me. But I do know in my life the difference between eating something bad because I get to, and it's like a little like a treat. Yeah, it's a treat. And the difference between that and <clears throat> just eating something awful because I don't want to feel a thing. <laughs> is so slight and I don't really know when I've tipped over uh, all the time. Uh, Kyle. <laughs> like uh This is so relatable. Like, oh god. Like, yeah, the number of times I've had a two item Chinese combo and watched Let's Plays on YouTube for an hour when I should be writing my dissertation. Oh my god. And that's that's just <laughs> that's Hard just looking for here. For a quick shot of comfort. Right? Because it, it really does 
pacify you. Like there are nerve endings in our stomach that's connected to anxiety and feelings and like yeah. all kinds of stuff. So you load it full, something very heavy, and it's like you just put a thick blanket on top. Wow. And then a blanket over it. And oh then, my god. And then your nerves don't get all jangly anymore. It literally calms yeah. everything down. Like the gut, like brain emotional connection is like super real. Yeah. And I think like just fat and sugar and salt, like on an immediate level, yeah, it hits goes all boom, the things in your brain right into the pleasure center. Yeah thinking like summer has got me into a series of you know a healthy habit is something you do like on on the reg and i'm like oh i guess a nightly cornetto is not a healthy habit maybe yeah but it's so like it's got the it's got the carby like bready feeling in the in the cone crust like no that's not it it's got the ice cream part i always get the stuff that has the caramel core so it's just like caramel coming right out like salty gooey Sweet but also fatty caramel, like yeah. with peanuts and chocolate. And it's always like, oh, this is everything I need in one package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does. It's just like, it's just like, hey, those that you jangling nerve endings. It's yeah. like, it's like ripping off the wind chimes from your patio or whatever. It just stops. The sound just stops, mm-hmm. and you're comfortable, and it's quiet inside of you. I remember reading like a lot of. Okay, so my master's project was on weight bias. <laughs> so, oh, like, okay. looking at, like, yeah. how people's weight is perceived and how Obesity people are discriminated. And, yeah, well, how that is framed as, like, this huge panic and yeah. it's not really. And, like, how weight and health aren't, like, as interconnected as people think that it is. But it's more of, like, a symptom. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I looked more at, like, the institutional discrimination against people that are overweight, basically. It's a big thing. Yeah. So, but I also wound up reading a whole bunch of other studies that were like looking at these connections between like gut and because if you're overweight and then you're discriminated against and you're stressed out, it makes you eat more. So basically yes. my thesis yeah. was don't treat people like shit and they won't get, no. they won't get more Worse. unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why don't you just be nice? <laughs> and I, I think that's but, even the, the current um, idea of how to deal with just addiction, like mm-hmm. drug addiction. Yes. Yeah. When it's illegal and you're a criminal, every time you do a drug, you're going to get addicted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Yeah, because you're going to feel bad and then you're going to need to soothe that with yeah. more of the thing. Yeah. But um, what was I even going to say? Shit. Uh, I don't remember what that was about. I, I have a question <laughs> I want to ask you okay. guys. Yes. Uh, so while you're that trying to remember, mm-hmm. uh, what are your compromises when you're feeling e- feeling eating? Cause okay. I want. I have an example. Please. I get the full Delicio pizza. I cook it up, and then I eat the whole thing without the crusts. I stop at the crusts, cause that's not all. It's not the full thing. And I also don't like the crusts as much, cause like you want the stuff with all the saucy, cheesy, yeah. whatever. I love the crusts, cause I have. Like that ranch dressing that I dip them in, and then oh the no! You know what? The weirdest fucking thing Tessa does. My my beautiful wife. I'm just selling her fucking out right oh, now. No. <laughs> no, it's weird. And every time she does it, I'm like, don't let someone see you do that because you're a raccoon. You're my beautiful <laughs> little trash panda. Because <laughs> she'll take the crusts and just dip it in whatever she's drinking, whether that's Pepsi or water or milk or. Gin and tonic, like I don't know. Wow. She'll dip it in like Coke, especially. She'll just dip it in soda and like eat it. And I'm like, why are? What are you doing? She's like, it's they, they're hard. It's chewy. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. No one has ever called you out on this. Like it's a very weird thing that she does, but it's actually now I think it's really cute. <laughs> does she, does she have an Italian background? I feel like yeah, because no. they dip, dip the bread in the red wine and 
Yeah, oh. and and uh, biscotti. No. Like, that's exactly what that's for. Mm-hmm. No. Oh. No, she just she's just part raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's pretty funny to watch, but the compromises mm-hmm. in food. Uh, my thing is that I think that if I add a salad to it, it's fine. Whatever I right. have, even if it's like, even if I'm having like a full plate of fries and a burger, if I have salad too, that's like yeah. an undo undo button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, which, not quite. No, it's yeah. more calories. You yeah. can just eat the fucking thing you want to have. And that's like, that's something I've been, I've been, I don't know if I brought, I feel like I probably brought her up before, but Janine Roth is uh, a writer on, it's very gendered her stuff. It's like mostly writing towards women because it's like mostly women who struggle with their weight not that they're that women are more fat than men but women have more shame about it i think like culturally Mm. not to an individual but do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's more pressure to make yourself smaller and more like sexually attractive because that's all you have as opposed to part of what you have so i think that that's what she speaks to in a way i definitely don't think that's how people experience experience it on an individual level but that's certainly what you would think if you're writing to a group probably so anyway she talks about like eat what you want like eat the thing you want to eat uh, and don't try to eat a bunch of things that you don't really want as a stopgap because then you'll just eat the thing you want on top of the things you didn't want to eat. And that's, bad. that's the thing that you get. So just mm. like, if you really want something, eat it. But if you are getting something to eat because it's going to change the way you feel, think about that. She just like basically says like, sit on that for a bit. Think about it for a while. If you still want it after like an hour, go get it basically. Like just, mm-hmm. she just teaches mindfulness with food. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Think about it. No, that's what I don't want to do. <laughs> that's uh. Like, when I'm cooking, I do try to, like, cook joyful food. Yeah. That's, yeah I cook like... I cook largely healthy food. Like, I get um, I get those... I realize that it's processed, but there's these things called flat-outs instead of, like, full buns for, like, burgers and stuff. Because, like, sometimes the bread just makes you so tired, right? And so they're, like, they have higher protein. <laughs> they have, they're higher protein and higher, higher fiber. So, like, sometimes I'll just get that because it's got a better nutritional profile. And it's, like, more of the burger and less of the bun. So I like that. But, like, I'll make big salads. And, like, if I'm making a turkey burger or whatever, I'll make a huge salad. And that'll be our dinner. Right. So I make, by and large, pretty healthy food. Once in a while, I'll make something like fried chicken or or something that's, like, a really fun food. But usually that's something that I've got from, like, the freezer section as opposed to something I'm cooking myself. I mostly cook, like, soup, stews, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a wizard cook in... The fall and yeah, same. winter and spring. And then in the summer, I'm kind of like, I don't know, salad and meat. I like, I don't sure. know. I just don't know. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's much easier for me to cook. But, like, compromises with food, generally speaking, like, trying to eat something good, like, just to make sure I'm eating something green in a day, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else I put in myself. Because right. sometimes I eat, like, well beyond it's enjoyable for me. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just what... That's the Louis C.K. thing, right? Like, it's not over... When I'm full, it's over. When I hate myself, <laughs> yeah, that yep. one's real. That one, that one stings to hear every yeah. single time. I'm like, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Just like to... like you're, you're st- when your stomach's already distended from everything you've eaten, and you're just like, well, I still have more in this bag. Don't want it any leftover tomorrow, because then yeah. tomorrow I'm gonna eat it tomorrow, and then that day I'll be shot. So I might as well just ruin only today. Or when you <laughs> live with your partner and you buy the bag of chips and you eat more than half. Then you gotta just erase the whole thing. Get rid of it. It never happened. Get rid of the body. Get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing that Tessa learned in a family of many people is that she hoards things and then eats them like in a sort of progressive way. Like she did that with her Halloween candy. 
to the point that she, because she wasn't allowed to get candy any other time of year, so she would hoard Halloween candy and just eat it progressively through the year, like, and she would still have some left in, like, the next September, basically. Wow. Uh, But then her siblings would break in and steal food from her, because she, because they just ate it all in the first week, right? And she's still got some left, so they're like, well, we're going to take some of hers. Mm. I, I did have a moment recently. And I hope uh, Megan doesn't listen to this all the way through. Uh, well, we're, yeah, we're close to the end, so she won't get yeah, this part. Yeah, I figured. Um, <laughs> sh- sh- I think she found my candy stash. But she didn't confront me about it. She just had some candy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she thought this is a healthy place to store snacks and not Could be. that shamey. Could be, yeah, yeah, in the filing cabinet. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Are you sure you didn't just sleepy? Like you had an ambient snack or something? Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But um, I forget what tipped me off. But I was like, this something's wrong here, mm-hmm. and I that that's my conclusion. I might be off. I might be wrong. It could have could have been just a ghoul. Been me. Mm-hmm. But uh, could have been a ghoul. That happened. So I thought this is this is a turning point in a relationship. Not a turning point you address. It's just when you just know when you're that aware of it happened. happened. I, would, I would say, like, you guys could have a candy stash together, and it would be so nice. But then she'd the, see how much of it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got to no. be hidden from view. All yeah. right. And I, I think this is part of the problem is that some shame feels kind of good. Mm. You know? Like, <laughs> it just not, makes it all the sweeter when it's verboten. Yeah. Like, a, a lot is terrible, but just that little, mm, that little sousson. Of just feeling shitty. I feel like shitty. that's my whole life. Yeah. That's basically my whole life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just I delicious. was thinking about compromises, and I don't really do that when I'm having food. I'm very much like I give myself the permission to just do whatever, and instead right. of like, so just enjoy this while you're doing it, just mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I, I try to only wait to like eat really gross food when I like actually crave it as opposed to just mm-hmm. eating it because it's there. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's my mindfulness. That's <laughs> so, yeah. good. I think that's a fairly healthy approach. You know, also. at least because like, I would, you know, go to McDonald's all the time and then it would just get gross and it's like, I'll only eat it if I really am craving it yeah. is like a big step, you know, and I haven't actually eaten at a McDonald's for a really long time because the one near my house is closed, I, which I is know. great. Like, yeah. The pro- yeah. <laughs> and nobody craves Burger King. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, <laughs> I have the shittiest fast food close by, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. So, but I do find like, I'll take myself out for food, like without my partner just be like, I'm going to the restaurant. I'm gonna. That's get... a Pete Holmes thing too. Oh yeah, is it? Take myself out for dinner. Oh, I mean something different. Oh, it means like masturbating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> taking myself to dinner. No, but like I... <laughs> taking himself on a J date. I believe he calls it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> nice try, the devil. <laughs> but uh, like, so I'll I'll go out and like you know my partner and I love to eat at restaurants together and stuff. But sometimes I'll just be like I'm I going love... and I'm not inviting him to come with me and I'm gonna eat like I love especially meat like yeah because. Yeah, and he doesn't Took even... Took himself to Gotham. But, like, he doesn't even mind if I eat chicken in front of him or whatever. Yeah. It's not like that would be a thing, but sometimes I'm like, I feel like I am making a bad choice. That... I'm gonna go have a beef yeah. wellington Yeah, like, something. I'm gonna go eat my chicken fingers by myself with my book at the restaurant. Like, it's yeah. kind of fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Taking a book so... and yourself to dinner or to lunch or to brunch or whatever, it's, I love it. I mean, it's I wonderful. do that all the time, but yeah. it's a very different thing when I'm like, I'm not gonna tell anyone else that I'm here and I'm gonna eat this by myself because yeah. it's gross. I'm gonna have like the extra mayo dip and like all that it's a, that's the the thin mm-hmm. 
you know, the thing, thing where it's like, does it go from like pleasure? Like I'm going to treat myself. I love my own company very much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take myself out and just read a book and have a nice food and whatever to go to like, I feel like I'm kind of sneaking this, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's the little bit of shame that it does kind of make it tastier. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, we're probably getting to the end of where we want to be, yeah. but I, I would love to just like do some round robining of like, I just love examples of people's like secret, secret eating. Like mm. I just love it. That's why I love that joke so much that you have about the putting the peanut butter peanut butter parfait in your coat pocket and how it just fits perfectly it's one of my favorite jokes that anyone is telling right now because of just like fuck whenever I hear it so I'm I'm just thinking like what so you you go into Dairy Queen you've already said is like a big thing when when your partner goes out of town yeah yeah so that's like a that's a bit of a shame food what else what else do you have like from your childhood maybe because I had my pizza pops was a big thing for me just the four cheese pizza pop that you would sneak yeah. That I would eat a lot of and, like, would, like, maybe bury things in the garbage can so it wasn't immediately obvious how many I'd had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do oh that now with, like, microwave dinners sometimes where it's just like, oh, I got, like, a microwave chicken pasta from the grocery store. Yeah. And then I'll sometimes, like, <laughs> put the plastic down away <laughs> a little bit. More deep into the recycling bin. It, for me, it's more like because I ate before we had dinner. So it's like, hide that. It's like, I'll still eat dinner, but I also ate another dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, um, I remember as a kid, when I was a teenager, all right, back up. Uh, So I said I was in with the cool kids in elementary school. Right. That ended come high school, (laughs) where um, all all my friends went to a different school. We lived in different neighborhoods, so that just sort of happened. We, We parted ways, and I was, you know, the the oddball cool kid, sort of. Who all of a sudden didn't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. So grade eight and nine were were rough. <laughs> and uh Yeah. I remember coming home and I would cook supper, but it was like, you know, two, three hours before supper would happen. I remember having a Mr. Noodle cup. Mm-hmm. You know, that you'd just pour the hot water into. Yeah. And then having a slice of seedy bread with thick butter on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I would dip That the... sounds so good. That sounds so oh. fucking good. <laughs> I would have like, to get an Ichiban cup because I'm very, like, instant ramen purist. Right. Okay. But looking back, I realize, like, that's all fat and MSG. Mm-hmm. Oh, just yeah. Just reinforcing fat and MSG. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was my favorite thing. Just dip it in. And, and yeah, the, the bread, like, dipping the crust, yeah. I guess, would get all soft and gooey. Yeah. And the butter would spread out on the top of the Mr. Noodle. Mm-hmm. And that would make that, like, more sort of, uh to us almost like just a bit more uh, a little more of a mouthfeel <laughs> a little more mouthfeel unctuous uh, is kind of a gross thing. well yeah, it's kind that's... of a gross thing like yeah. it's sort of a gross food but it's like shame food right like yeah. you made me just remember like how because they would buy cases of ramen too like yeah. we get Ichiban original flavor that's or- oriental flavor yeah. that's, I think course. that's still what yeah. it's called mm-hmm. like Japan like don't do this to yourself guys yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that I remember like in elementary school, it was such a thing to bring them as a snack for recess. Like, just eat them raw and, like, crunch them up and then mm-hmm. put them yeah. back in it and just, totally. like, mm-hmm. just eat that. Like, is that paleo if you're eating it with your hands? Almost certainly <laughs> nope. not. To eat them but dry, that was so... like, that was such a thing. Like, a salty snack. It was, like, such like... a cool kid thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't even care enough to, like, wait a few minutes to, like... It's like, I don't even want to eat it cooked. Yeah. It's yeah. better this way. Well, because you can run around on the I'm on a raw food diet. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Gross. <laughs> but describing this Mr. Noodle Bowl, like it, it kind of sounds like I get why that was good to me at the mm-hmm, time. Yeah. But, but that one still makes me sad because <laughs> oh. it was it was usually like, uh, 
today was tough. <laughs> I'm going to have all the fat and MSG in the yep. world. Uh, yes. Like an hour and a half before eating supper. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like unreasonable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that one... A lot of shame still attached to that mm-hmm. particular I would eat pairing. the fuck out of that right this second, though, yeah. if it was put in front of me. I think it's too real for me. Yeah, you'd just be like, no! no it tastes like teenage pain. Yeah, <gasps> it tastes like my driver's test. <laughs> oh, God, dude, driver, your first photo. Oh, oh God. Oh, God, you have to just take off your glasses and... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Take a moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, God, the... um. Oh, just thinking, like, having fat kid ingenuity when it comes to snacks, like, <laughs> especially, like, when I finally started staying up really late on Fridays and Saturday nights, like, my parents would go to bed at 11 or whatever, and I'd stay up till 3, because whatever, you know, I'm 15, and I'm so cool, I'd watch, you know, much music, and and I would raid the freezer, and of course we've got, like, we got, we had so many fridges for a three-person house, like, there was, I swear to God, there was, like, a beer fridge in the, in the, in the... Uh, garage. There was a backup fridge downstairs in the basement. There was a deep freeze in the basement, and there was the fridge up in the kitchen. Yep. And each of those had freezers, and so there was always some kind of ice cream somewhere. Like, like even if it's just like a bucket <laughs> of shitty ice cream or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a shitty vanilla ice cream person. I'm like, mm, not good enough, right? But I got really expert at like creating Sundays late at night where I would just like take. Uh, a glass, like, Persex um, measuring cup and melt a bunch of peanut butter in it and then throw in some uh, chocolate chips and, like, make my own sauce and, like, drizzle it over the ice cream and then find my dad's, like, stale pretzels and crumble them up and put Ew. them on top. And so I was just, like, a snack MacGyver. This is before I even was a stoner. So <laughs> what I think, like, if, if I'd found this, weed earlier yeah. in life, I would be good 50 pounds heavier than I already am. <laughs> this is a chef's origin story, yeah. though. Like. Yeah, but it, that was a real tasty treat, I must yeah. say. Uh, that was one great. of the that was one of the yeah, better things I'm, that I made, because I've it. definitely eaten horrible things. Like, I would just take, this is a, another Jasta thing that she taught me to do, is just take a piece of bread and put molasses on it. <laughs> it's just, like, quick delivery. That's uh, my dad is big into that. It's He's from Dutch, Newfoundland. So oh. Newfoundland. Oh no, she's a, she's from fucking Nova Scotia. So yeah. yeah, it must be an East Coast thing to like huh. just pour m- molasses on bread. It's like almost a donut. No. Not quite though. Not quite. No, it's I'm not a sweets person, and no. I I knew that I not used really I used to be when I was younger, I think, but I can't even remember. Mm. Like there was just a time when my mom got diabetes when she was fifty. Mm-hmm. So that was I was like fifteen or something like that. I don't. Well, however time works um, there was something i think it was maybe i was yeah i would have been 20 and she was 50 that's unimportant um but, <laughs> but you she, gotta get it right but she yeah it was just like oh suddenly i have diabetes and so in solidarity we just both cut out all sugar right until she mm. could kind of stabilize and i like realized that i didn't need sugar in my coffee if i just drank better quality coffee yeah you know and <laughs> i didn't need sugar in this because i just had better quality whatever like the sugar was always blanketing something else mm-hmm. And now I feel like I don't need a lot of sugar, but then I realize that I also drink a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't drink wine, then I want something sweet. So it's like, I'm obviously just supplementing like one with the other. Yeah. So I still have a sweet tooth. It's just in a different form, we, uh, we, more or less. We just started doing bookshelf box wine. <laughs> where there's a box of wine on the bookshelf with the books. 
And it's just there if you want it. It's kind of nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can only do it with red, though, because you don't want any fucking warm white wine. That's, yeah. that's true, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> I wish I could drink red wine still. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, again, like, the sneaky things that I would, like, sneak snacks as a kid. Oh. But we were pretty open about food right. stuff in my house. It was just me and my mom mostly, so we okay. would just, like, make snacks for each other. But then she would go to bed at 8, and I think the thing that I snuck was, like, watching, like... Skinamax and shit. And I would just like sneak masturbate and sneak masturbate. <laughs> yeah, like because her we... bedroom was right by the TV. This is not an either oh, or thing, Chris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I I just wouldn't I wouldn't sneak snacks, but I would sneak that. So I still got my you'd quick sneak, endorphins. Sneak sex, not yeah. sneak snacks. Are you guys old enough to have like actually watched the scrambled channels? Yep. Because I sure did that. We're, we didn't. We're we didn't both get 85, them at five. Or no, you're eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. Just on the tail. We. Uh, I never got any scrambled channels in my house, but we would go over to my friend's house to watch scrambled channels yeah. on their satellite. Yeah. Like, but, but like with the image going. Yeah. Oh yeah. The sound oh yeah. came in clear. I saw a boob. Was, That's. Yeah. I think I like the sound more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was the most because dangerous thing because a muted TV is not going to alert a parental I presence. I know. I know. But so I think that was my late night instead of sneaking snacks and huh. making Sundays, I would just like uh. sneak a blanket. <laughs> Explore yourself. <laughs> um, the you just, Okay, sneak sneak food. Because I didn't have to really sneak anything because my parents would be out for a long period of time. So it's like I didn't really get into trouble. I did stuff I wasn't supposed to do, but nothing that if they found out they would be shocked by or really that upset by. They'd be like, mm-hmm. right. don't violate our privacy. I'd be like, well, too bad. I'm going to look through your stuff when you're not here. That's just, that's how I babysit. That's how I babysit myself. <laughs> um, but I definitely remember as a kid taking, because like, we kept the butter and the sugar in the same cupboard, so I'd take like a finger, like make like a butter hat on my finger. Wow. And then dip it in the sugar bowl. I'm like, butter sugar. Oh, that, um. <laughs> that's so naked. Like, it's that's, perfect. Yeah. That's so brazen. Yeah. Yeah. Real but it's it's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. It, it was just fat it's and just sugar. The, the, but purest it's the purest expression of that. And. Yeah, my, my coworker Carolyn, she used to, she tells me that I she used to love butter. So before she became lactose intolerant, she would just leave teeth marks in the butter yeah. as a child. She's like, take a stick of butter and just bite it. That's like that's like wow. shame eating fentanyl. Basically, like, it is just like so strong. I mean, no, it is like it is just heroin. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. like it is just uh, eating Ugh. a poppy. Basically, yeah. oh my goodness, oh my god. Uh, anything else that I would sneak? Um, ooh. Oh, there were so many things because, like, once you have some spending money of your own, like, the exciting thing. The thing was, though, we live far enough away from a 7-Eleven that if I went with my friends, like, it's a full mile to the right. 7-Eleven and back. So you'd walk two miles to get a Slurpee. And, I mean, like, that's, it sort of balances itself out, right? Like, because I didn't have enough money to buy a lot of stuff. I'd get, like, a thing of penny candy, get a Slurpee. Mm-hmm. You're walking around all day, like... Yeah, Whatever. that was that yeah. was a part of my youth. That wasn't mm-hmm. like shameful either. No, that was the thing you did with your friends. Yeah, because it's exciting to have it. Why is the Slurpee like the most exciting thing to a child? I guess because uh, you can't make it at home. Mm-hmm. I was in. I lived in the Okanagan, which was hot. Yeah. So like Slurpees were at least like, a, you know, they helped you cool. Yeah. But um, that was even like before I was uh, before I drank. Yeah. But I was still like, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Um, every Friday we'd we'd somebody would drive. And we'd go to the video store and rent, like, five or seven movies. Get the seven movies for seven days for seven dollars or whatever it was. Whatever it was. (laughs) And then we'd go to 7-Eleven and we all spend, like, two dollars on candy and and or slush. Mm -hmm. And then we'd watch three to four of those movies in a sitting. So that was... It was that a beautiful was time. Mind. That was a yeah. good time. And so, it was, like, like the most fun I ever really had, honestly. If I look back at, like, how purely fun it was. Yeah. 
It's like, it's, it was very uncomplicated because it was like, all I want to do is spend time with people and like have these pleasurable experiences. Yeah. And it didn't get complicated with like, well, I should be doing my homework because I didn't give a fuck about my homework. <laughs> That's actually the saddest thing about visiting home now for me is that the video stores aren't there. Yeah. Because mm. those were so like concretely God. part of my year. Ours was like a total meeting place. It was called Phase One Video and a bunch of really cool people I know. Yeah. Even still, like I'm still... At least Facebook friends with three people who worked there. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And One of them is like the programming director for Seafox now, which is so fucking funny. Huh. Hey, Adam Baldwin, how are you? <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they worked there and we just thought they were like the coolest people in their flannel jackets and shit. Sure. Like just like the best grunge job you could have was working in a video store yes. in the late nineties. Like, so good. It was the, they were, they were so <laughs> cool. So cool. Yes. Yeah. And just I was just like, yes, I would like to rent Labyrinth again, please. <laughs> I'm having a sexual awakening. How are you? <laughs> Jennifer Connelly is my forever crush. Yes. I, she is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. One of mine as well. She's Goodness. terrible in that movie. Yeah. She's a very bad actress in that film. She's just a little, little weak little thing. kid. Yeah, yeah, beautiful caterpillar eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But oh, so, man. like, then snacks get tied up in, like... The pleasure of like sitting and watching a movie with your friends. Yeah, you're also having snacks. You make popcorn. Like, so much of food is social, cultural, like sharing. Like, mm-hmm. I love that shit. And so that's why I never want to. When I start getting into like, oh, I should change my diet and I should do this or I should restrict that or whatever, it always gets into like, why are you taking the joy out of my life? Like, food is yeah. joy and yeah. pleasure and goodness. So I, I think just, I just want to be medium fat forever. Yeah, basically. And just happy. Just medium sure. fat and happy. Yeah. And not restricting my life too much and not denying myself, like, good enjoyment and... Jeez, that sounds fucking reasonable, Yeah, Chris. I know. Just, like, but, like, trying to fill my life with, like, all this abundance of, like, good shit and, like, maybe trying to cut some of the junky shit out. Yeah. If possible. But, like, why stress? Why stress? Why not just be fat and happy? Because the thing is, you go on a <laughs> diet... Like, 97% of people, if you lose a bunch of weight, it's all coming back plus more. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me every single time I've lost any weight. Like, mm-hmm. when I was 15, I did Weight Watchers with my mom, and the yes. only reason I lost, like, 25 pounds is because she cooked all of my meals mm-hmm. and, like, made sure that all the snacks were purchased. So I just had to follow it, mm-hmm. right? And I, like... I do great on diets when someone else is telling me what to do. That's exactly. why juice cleanses work. Sure. <laughs> I was skinny for two years but it's because I did a, a real manual labor job. Right. For like 10 hours a day, four wow. days a week. What was it? Um, I built trusses in a factory. So like the supports for roofs. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, that was a hard job. And I worked a lot of overtime. And I was 160 pounds for a while, which... You're a tall guy, aren't you? Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, like a hair under six feet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm thinking, like, that's pretty light for six feet tall. Yeah, and for my frame. I certainly weigh quite a bit more than that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was, uh, there are photos, and it's kind of crazy. I would like Uh, to see them just because I'm curious, but that sounds scary. Like, you are, you are human man bear, and it's great. It was too skinny. But, um, it was interesting, because it did, like, it did come at a time in my life when I was, like, negotiating, actually dating and doing (laughs) stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it was very helpful. But I am at that point where I'm realizing, like, no, I'm I'm a husky dude. I will always be a husky dude from mm-hmm. this point on. Mm-hmm. Um, I can moderate it. I can change some things. I'd yeah. like to have a little less tummy. But that's kind of it, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, I can relate to that. It's yeah. the that sort of, what's it called? Like, the health at any size kind of thing. That was, like, the last part of my thesis where it's, like, it's not that you are healthy at any size, but it's like, here's sort of a way to conceptualize food. And a lot of it has to do with mindful eating. A lot of it has to do with just moving your body Mm because it 
feels joyful. Yeah. Right. So, like, these are the things. It's, like, do everything with, like, a happiness. And, like, health is not just your physical form, but also your mental health. Like, mm-hmm. so how can I be happy? How can I feel like my body feels capable of doing stuff and carrying me through, like, all the adventures that I want to do in my life while still leaving time for naps and snuggles? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and just yeah. all the all the good stuff. So those, those are the things that I'm trying to do. Yeah. Just be be a happy kid. So, yeah. Running around and playing in the ocean for a week was definitely my happy place. <laughs> I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah. I'd really like to be more in that mindset, but mm-hmm. I definitely like just catch myself in the mirror at the wrong time and go like, oh, you're a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are, that is not the body of a good and, and you know, controlled human being, yeah. which is so terrible. But like a bunch of people in my family just lost a bunch of weight recently. And I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like, what do they think of me? Because mm-hmm. your family is probably the only people who are actually going to think of you that way. <laughs> yeah, I get into, I avoid looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when I know things are bad. Yeah. Same with the dissertation, when I'm avoiding everything about right? it. It's like, that's, I... This is all the things, we avoid the stuff that we're mm-hmm. scared to face. And, and it's like, I know I have to do something about this, so I'm just not going to think about yeah, it. There's some, um, and I feel like a huge dork for bringing this up because I know neither of you watch it, but a very recent episode of Steven Universe uh, gave a perfect, perfect checklist for young people to discover mindfulness. There's a song and it's like all about like what happens when your thoughts get out of control and you spiral and how to avoid it. It's just like all about like taking a moment to take a breath and like think about your thoughts. Like, It's it's beautiful. And it was Aww. it's it's a really like if you wanna look if anybody wants to look it up it's on YouTube, you could just look up Steven Universe link and I think it it's called the... Yeah, I can link it. I think it's called uh uh Here Comes a Thought. And it's just all about here comes a thought, just let it pass you right by. It's okay, like you've got yourself, basically. Ugh. It's bless. beautiful, it's gorgeous, and I think like that could be applied to anything we're talking about here, your dissertation, comedy, food, like all of this stuff is all so tied up in self worth that when it's when the thing that we're doing isn't going well, we think we're bad. Yeah, and that's not true. I like it. <laughs> that feels like a good. Should we call it a day? Sure. This is a great time, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Thank you Thanks. for coming. Bye.